so, downtime session. And I've only got two of my players today, because we're going to do things a bit weird. At the moment. Yeah. In today's episode, the part of Ape Law will be played by Dead Air. <laughs> okay, uh, but we're going to get these two doing their downtime events without him. We could still do that. So who Probably. wants to go first? I feel like I went first last time, maybe, so I think I should let Chloe go first. Uh... Chloe, would you like to do my thing or your thing? Let's do your thing. <laughs> okay. So, Roxanne. Yes? Uh, Magpie has sent you a text and is asking for a favor. What kind of favor? I mean, like, I'm probably going to say yes, but what kind of favor? Well, because, see, it's a favor that involves going to the Deadlands. I mean, okay, I'm still probably going to say yes, but what's the favor? Well, you had expressed previously that somehow you got permission to pet Arthur's dogs. Oh, okay. So she, now that Emery doesn't have to come with her, she would like to go pet the dogs if it isn't too much trouble. Shit. I mean, I'm not gonna say no. Uh, fuck it. What's the worst that could happen? Let's go. <laughs> right on. She's just gonna teleport over to the safe house. Yeah, walking is for chumps, and driving is for chumps with licenses. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you teleport to the front door or to the living room? <laughs> oh my god. Just bust into the front of us in the living room going, boom, let's go to hell. <laughs> um now front door. Okay. <laughs> Take the boring sensible option, why don't ya? I'm not gonna fucking Kramer my way into somebody else's house. <laughs> what if you've been invited though? I mean, Shit, you're, See, raising a, you've raised a very good point now. That's the number one pr- uh, thing of proof that Kramer was not a vampire. <laughs> ah, hotly debated on the Seinfeld forums. Is Kramer a vampire? <laughs> the answer's no, he just busts into it. If anything, he's a reverse vampire. You never see him in the dark. He always shows up to places uninvited. He spits blood into other people's necks. It's perfect. I mean, it checks out. Yeah. No, no, front door. (laughs) Okay. So you bip yourself to the front door and I guess knock. Magpie opens the door and she has a party popper in her hand and she looks a little bit disappointed. You were expecting me to just show up in the living room or something, weren't you? I was a little bit expecting you to show up in the living room. 
next time. <laughs> she puts the party popper away. I'll do it when you least expect it. <laughs> so she draws the door to the Deadlands and actually reverse this order. She goes back into the back room and comes out with a basket of dog treats. Oh, and then she draws the door to the Deadlands. You know, I really don't know if they eat. I mean, like, they've got to eat something, right? I mean, presumably. What dog doesn't like treats? I mean, no dog, but I wonder if Arthur has, like, a strict diet for these for them. Hmm. Whatever. We're gonna find out. <laughs> so, you pop the door open to the Capitol. Emery takes a sentry position on the couch with a book. And we're in the Deadlands. Yes. Hooray. Welcome to hell. You can get back into the throne room with your plus one without, you know, having to ask permission or anything. (laughs) You know, they just let you in now. They know you. You're important. It's that one living chick. Yeah. And her friend. The one all the bosses are in a big uproar about all the time for some reason. Oh, boy. I don't even know how I'm going to do this. (laughs) So, yeah, you get to the throne room and there's... A couple of sultans up on the throne. Catherine is there. One that you don't recognize is there. And lucky for you, Arthur is there. Honestly, it might have been less awkward if Arthur was in like his room or something. <laughs> so they are, as always, in conversation with each other. And then when you get in, Catherine actually catches sight of you and like elbows the other two and nods her head toward you. They all stop talking and look at you. Oh, God. Uh, shoot, I haven't thought of what I was going to say yet. <laughs> um, I'm freezing up. <laughs> it's this freezing up in character. Oh, I mean, Roxanne freezing up is totally in character. But also, I'm trying to think of what I was going to say out of character. Whatever, let's fucking wing it. That's an in-character action. When you don't know what to do, just do the stupidest thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Uh, so Roxanne's probably just gonna go up to the uh, thrones at a, at a speaking distance, I guess. I know they are very tall and off the grounds. Uh, greetings, uh, my sultans. I, um, was not... I hope you, uh, I'm not interrupting anything important today as much as there is a day here. She does an awkward curtsy. <laughs> they they are waiting for you to continue speaking. Oh, God, you're killing me. <laughs> um, I'll just come out and say it. I came here today because a very dear friend of mine asked me a request. 
Magpie waves nervously. My friend, my good friend Magpie would like to see the hellhounds that King Arthur keeps in person, if you would be amenable to that. And she looks expectantly at King Arthur. (laughs) The, The three sultans look at each other and then Catherine starts fucking cackling from her throne and Arthur kind of puts his head in his hands oh boy you know what I'm going to take that as a good response you could sort of hear him mumble all the way up in his throne Catherine I told you making them cute would cause problems <laughs> Normally, this is the part where I would say if it's a problem, I, I can come back another time. But also, I can't say no to her. Like, look at her. Magpie does her best to look extremely small and cute. Also, I kind of told her I would. <laughs> and, ah, uh, you shouldn't break promises, right? No, no, promises are very important to keep. And he sort of slides out of his throne. The last time you saw him dismount, he did this, like, great heroic leap that launched him across the room. This time he just sort of slides and lands with a clatter. Oh, no. And then he looks, looks back up at the at the throne and he says, I'm going to get you for this, Catherine. And Catherine continues to cackle. I'm glad they're such good friends. Oxane does her best not to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so he like sighs deeply and then starts making his way down the corridor and he waves over his shoulder and says follow me <laughs> Roxanne goes and goes and just waves to Magpie and go, it's just like come on before he changes his mind so she follows along quickly and then when you turn a corner and get out of sight he straightens up and he says it's actually not that big of a deal I'm just putting it on for her one here I was going to tease you about it (laughs) oh my gosh Uh, I really do hope it's not uh, a lot of trouble I mean I suppose as an immortal ruler of the afterlife if you probably don't have a lot of chance to visit people but I thought um, I thought maybe it would be um, a a nice change of pace anyway Yes, there isn't too much in the way of excitement, even for me. I'm always glad to have people to entertain. I do have to keep up something of an image, so I can't make this a regular thing, you understand. Oh, of course. I I do try not to uh, impose too much. So he leads you back into the kennels, and you can hear the rooting around of all of the dogs. All, like, probably eight dozen of them. Eight dozen dogs? 
Arthur keeps a lot of dogs. He likes dogs, y'all. You know what? Fair. Who's going to tell him to keep less dogs? Osmond? Fuck that guy. He's not the boss of me. <laughs> Look, when you're a king, nobody can tell you to keep less dogs. When you are a king, Sultan. So he selects a kennel and opens it up. And it's this, uh, the I had said before that it's not like closed cages. It's these sort of like sizable pens. Right. They're, you know, they're like, they're like the size of a pretty fair backyard. I don't know if yeah. I properly emphasized it, but the, the palace Free- is fucking huge and it's got fucking huge rooms in it. Free range dogs. Ah, yes. Hmm. Look, you've got all the time in the world to become a responsible pet owner. (laughs) (laughs) So he pops open the gate to one of the backyard-sized kennels, and there's like a dozen dogs back here. Some of them are sleeping, some of them are playing with each other, some of them are just rooting around being big, stupid animals. These big, vicious hellhounds. Just rooting around mm-hmm. being dumbass dogs. <laughs> like, even on death cannot change the true nature of dogs. <laughs> I believe it. So, he whistles, he does that sharp whistle between his teeth, and all the dogs in the kennel, their attention snaps to him, and he, like, gets down on one knee and waves his hands toward himself and the dogs fucking flood him. <laughs> oh my god. Sultan Arthur is beset upon by a dozen extremely friendly dogs. <laughs> you know, there's something I kind of wondered. If, and forgive me if this sounds rude, if King Arthur is a real person, does that make Merlin a real person? Merlin is an extremely real person. Oh, that's fucked up. He is a little fucked up. (laughs) Have you ever heard of the shower beer? (laughs) Oh my god. Is that anything like the... Is that like anything like the dark shower? (laughs) Out of character, I've never heard that phrase. It's when you shower in the dark. Without (laughs) the lights on. Okay. Because you're ashamed of your body? I don't get it. Why would you do that? Sometimes you just don't want to exist and have warm water poured all over you. Mm, fair. That's a that's a mood. It is a mood. Are you saying that Merlin invented the shower beer? I am saying that according to all reports that I've received, that was his work. God. This is rocking my world. Uh, One of my oldest, dearest friends has become such a cursed existence. Also, this has literally never come up naturally, but in in canon, in this universe, Merlin is Drill on Twitter. (laughs) He's just Drill. (sighs) It's him. It's him. It's Merlin. Merlin's cursed Twitter account. (laughs) I believe it. So, 
Arthur gets his dogs in like a good social mood and then he commands them all to sit and then he motions at Magpie. And I've said before that these dogs are very large. Like they, from a seated position, they come up to Roxanne's chest. Right. And Magpie does not come up to Roxanne's chest from any position. Oh, God, these dogs are bigger than Magpie. They are bigger than Magpie while sitting. What a lucky girl to being able to (laughs) hang around with these gigantic good boys. So he motions at Magpie and she's had this like little picnic basket full of doggy treats with her. And she asks all small, can I give them treats? And he says, you may give them treats, but you must make sure all of them get one or else they will get upset. Magpie puts her basket down and dips into it and pulls out just, you know, like biscuits and raw hides, just all manner of dog treats. And she just starts passing them out to the dogs. And at one point, one of them just gets a little bit too excited and just like bumps its head into her and she falls down on her butt and starts giggling uncontrollably. This is cute. Too cute. I'm going to actually die. (laughs) (laughs) When she's finished passing out treats to all the dogs, she starts just like getting up to to the dogs and like rubbing her face into them. And she tries climbing on top of one of the bigger ones. And it is big and powerful enough to carry her. (laughs) (laughs) The big dog. The dream of kids everywhere. Roxanne, they're so big and nice and cute. I love them all. I know. Oh my gosh. Wait. They all have names, right? Oh dear lord, do not ask me to come up with a dozen dog names. This one's Look. Fluffy. This one's Fluffy too. This one's Squiggles. This one's Fluffy Squiggles Jr. This one's Cerberus. This one is also Cerberus. <laughs> they used to all be one dog, but then they just sort of like <laughs> split. It's weird. Look, I just need to know canon. Does Ar- King Arthur name all eight dozen dogs? Oh, absolutely he did. And okay. you know what? You know what? They are all named after Knights of the Round Table. Because apparently there was at least 150 of them, according to certain works. Huh. You know what? That's the sweetest damn thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Out of respect for the living, there is not one for named Gawain. Correct. But in addition, and you know, he's he's got some some favorites. Of course. Yeah, the, the, you know, one of the biggest, oldest dogs is Galahad. I love the deep lore of Arthur's dogs. <laughs> Just to show that he's moved past certain things, one is named Lancelot. I wasn't going to say it, but yeah, there there is a Lancelot. And he is a little bit weird about that dog. He's always <laughs> like... Like, he doesn't treat it poorly, but he's always a little just weird when he pets it. (laughs) Why did I do this? I should have just named it something else. 
<laughs> Maybe I should have just named him Better Lancelot. Lancelot <laughs> Jr., you'll never get mind controlled and betray me. At least my dog can never betray me. You're never going to try and fuck my wife, are you, boy? <laughs> <laughs> You won't try and turn me to a cuckold? No, you won't. No, you won't. Oh, my God. (laughs) She is a little bit weird about this one dog. (laughs) But the other, I guess the the other 95 are all perfectly fine. Thank God. So Magpie allows herself to be overtaken by large, friendly dogs. She is subjected to a dog pile. God damn it. She is literally buried under massive dogs for a couple minutes, but there's no need to worry because you can hear her giggling the entire time. I'm not worried about this tiny and powerful wizard girl. And of course, some of the dogs split off to harangue you, Roxanne. Oh my god. This is the best day of my life. (laughs) Roxanne laments that she has only two hands to pet dogs with. (laughs) Would that I can access the true depths of my angel form to allow me to grow extra arms. I I was just about to ask, isn't there a move that can make you literally grow more arms, or is that just like a piece of the art that they did? I think Uh, that's that's just just a a piece piece of of art. Okay. I mean, you can always take the monstrous, and then you can have extra arms. Real fucking tempting, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Just to pet more dogs. Just go fucking kill six billion demons and have a coat of arms just so I can (laughs) pet dogs. (laughs) (sighs) This is extremely silly, and I love it. Oh, if either of you have not actually read Kill Six Billion Demons, I need to post the the coat of arms. I started reading it, and then I stopped. Please get current. It's extremely good. Yes. It's gotten extremely good and extremely gay. (laughs) It's gotten extremely gay lately. (laughs) Very good. Uh, Oh my gosh. My... Your head is besieged by thoughts of dogs. You cannot grasp the true nature of Arthur's dogs. (laughs) So at one point, well, the three of you are consumed by canine affection. There's a light set of footsteps. And from the doorway to the kennel, you hear a a woman's voice asks, Is everybody having fun in there? And Arthur says, Catherine, please. I'm having fun. She saunters back to the kennel where the three of you are and leans over the gate and says, Well, I'm glad to hear somebody enjoys my work. Roxanne tries not to have the biggest shit-eating grin possible. So, I don't really think we've ever gotten the chance to speak before. I'm my apologies, but um, I take it that you are Catherine the Great. 
Yes. Uh, she will actually uh, extend a hand over the gate to you to shake your hand and introduce herself as Yekaterina Romanova. Oh, um, I'm Roxanne Amelia Harrison. It's a pleasure to meet you. When you when you shake her hand, like you can feel some sort of magic, like roll over your entire body. Oh, that's an interesting feeling. Do you say that out loud? Yes, actually. <laughs> she takes her hand back and like gives the you know emaciated skeleton equivalent of a sly grin and she says it's an old habit of mine i do apologize i'm not even really sure what you did so uh, no apologies necessary i have to <laughs> well no i don't have to ask i believe it so you really made all of the all of uh these hounds and and the elephants and all of that that's a lot yes well animals have always been something of a passion of mine and that extended to finding ways to make and reshape them Arthur required dogs so I made him dogs Cleopatra asked for elephants so I made her elephants that's really actually very fascinating. <laughs> I did not ask you to make them cute, though, Catherine. Yes, but we all know that your sense of aesthetics leaves much to be desired, Arthur. <laughs> Burning his fashion sense for no reason. Damn. <laughs> you wear your plate mail indoors. The rest of us are just... Oh, we can scarcely stand to be in the same room as you sometimes. Well, for the record, I think these are the greatest dogs I've ever seen. Thank you. I'm very glad to hear someone appreciates my work. And Arthur just fucking glowers at her. I can't believe King Arthur is a student area. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when you hang out with someone for a couple hundred years... You know, occasionally it just turns into you like to pick on each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I can't believe I just fucking said King Arthur is a Sundari. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen that anime. <laughs> Which season of Fate was that? God, I, I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> I don't even watch Fate. I was going to make an Arthur and the Knights of Justice reference, but then you beat me to a fucking fate reference, so. <laughs> so the Magpie extricates herself from the pile of dogs and comes over to Catherine and says, These dogs are the best. I love them. Catherine actually reaches down and pats Magpie on the head. Oh my god. It's gonna happen. My heart's gonna give out, and I'm actually gonna die. F's in chat. <laughs> so, as the I guess four of you enjoy an afternoon, or you know, an hour or two in the Deadlands, 
playing with dogs, Catherine and Arthur continue to bicker with each other. <laughs> but eventually Magpie starts to get hungry and says that she'd like to go back home. Uh, I guess I can take you home. I was enjoying hanging out with the dogs, but I guess. Well, you can come back. True. Thank you both for a wonderful afternoon. I think it's still afternoon. I'm not really sure what time it is. It's probably still afternoon. Yeah. Uh, I've got to get Magpie home, though. And Arthur stands and, like, to the dogs, and they all sit. So you are able to extricate yourself from the kennels. <laughs> Just going to have to dive into the dog pile and teleport Magpie home. There's no escape <laughs> from the dog pile. No, no, they they get off. Jeez. You're able to get out. They're very well behaved. They're very well behaved, except for Sir Karadok. That one just... He's a troublemaker. Oh, yeah, totally. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and the three of you get out of the kennel, and Arthur closes the latch and gives a deep knightly bow to the two ladies. Roxanne gives her best curtsy yet. She's got practice. Whoa, dang. I practiced curts here, putting that on my character sheet. <laughs> and Catherine, like, snickers at him when he bows, and she, when he comes up, he glares at her. And the two of you make your way back to the safe house. So, what did you think, Magpie? Oh my god, I love them. I want to take one home. I want to take them all home. You know what? Me too. It's it's kind of messed up that those dogs live in, like, a bigger space than I do. <laughs> There's a lot more of them than you. You don't know that. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm many people. I can be in two places at once. After a fashion... She puts her hands on her hips and says, Prove it. Ah. <laughs> okay, where would you like me to be? She points to her left and then points to her right. You just angel wings very quickly between those two spots. <laughs> <laughs> Roxanne does her best to teleport quickly <laughs> and then falls over dizzy. <laughs> Magpie, when did the, when did there become two of you? Uh, that's my secret. I'm also many people. <laughs> okay, but my head hurts right now. Maybe that was a stupid joke. That was an extremely dumb joke, but I liked it a lot. Okay, I'm glad at least one of us enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad I didn't drive here. So, get back to the safe house. Emery... Emery has lunch ready. It's burritos. It's burrito time. Burrito. Amazing. And they're like, 
And they're like Chipotle-sized burritos. These are some big old burritos. I imagine. I mean, this is a house with Emery, who fights like some sort of back, uh, fl- some sort of flipping demon, and Magpie. Just Magpie. <laughs> Just Magpie. Just Magpie. And do you have a good lunch? Magpie tells Emery the story of the big, wonderful dogs. <laughs> Emery, did you know that King Arthur is Sundari? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't tell anybody that I said that, but it is definitely true. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what to do with this information. <laughs> I don't either. That's why I told you. Who is he, Sundere, for? Catherine the Great. <laughs> They put their head in their hands. <laughs> they say, I, I don't don't understand the world anymore, Roxanne. <laughs> Emery, I never understood it. Uh, then I envy you the p- 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 position of never having the rug pulled out from under you like this. Yeah, I can't just. I can't and, believe you've cursed me with this information. Yeah, you know, the worst thing about it is now you kind of want to tell somebody else, don't you? Oh my god! I want to tell so many people. <laughs> Seymour would lose his mind if he knew this. <laughs> See, I have no clue who that is. And you know what? I'm happy with that information. My God! <laughs> and that's where we're gonna change gears. <laughs> so, Colin. Yes. Would you like to do my thing for Grant, or would you like to do your thing for Grant? I'll do my thing for Grant, which is going to involve many of the same people, I imagine. Why? Because um, they're both going to involve that gang I belong to that I refuse to say the name of, because if I do, you'll make fun of me. Right, right, right. (laughs) And you mentioned it that I thought you meant many of the same people as the last thing we just did. Oh, no, 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 no. I... What? Grant's good friend. King Arthur. (laughs) Grant's good friend, Catherine the Great. That that gang that Grant runs with, the Deadland Sultans. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that'd be a pretty cool gang name. Let's be real. That would be that would be a pretty good gang name. Okay, so Grant, tell me about this thing that you want to do. Um, so I'm hanging out with the crew. Because I, I, I'm not going to call them by the name. Because like I said, I if I try and say it, you I'll say it wrong and you'll make fun of me. Would but you I'll... like me to walk you through it? It's not hard. Listen, the last time somebody tried to walk me through a Spanish word and said that it was not hard, I still fucked it up. <laughs> you disappoint me, Colin. 
Um, the most the most disappointing thing is that you refuse to even try. I'll try. Okay, let's try it. Okay, S like the letter. S. Tray. Tray. Like like a lunch tray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Yas like Slay Queen. Okay, S Treyas. That's very close. Okay. It's good enough. Way closer to what I was doing before. Um. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm hanging out with them, and I'm I'm just asking, like, just sort of asking around if anybody is, you know, cool enough with the summer court that they'd be willing to go there to get me something, and I will owe them a favor later. <sighs> So, uh, it's, I take it you're at the apartment complex? Yeah. Yep. So there's there's a bunch of people sitting around, and you're asking around, and let's say, actually, Lolo is there, and she pipes up, uh, yeah, actually, Jason's real good with most of the fake horts. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah, thanks. And she points across the way at Jason... Oi, Jason! (laughs) Friend of fairies, Jason. And you very briefly met Jason during the the time you busted Ty's cousin out of prison. He was the one who drove said cousin Jay out of the country. Right, yes. Uh, So he's in the room and he's, uh, let's say he's playing some sort of card game that you've never seen before with a bunch of other people and he picks his head up from the table and says what? Uh, I need to ask you a big favor for uh, for a friend and if you do it for me I will 100% owe you big time. Alright sure I'm listening. Alright I move over so that way I I'm sitting closer to him like, so the summer court and I have some issues. He cocks his head and says, what you do to piss off Tarira? She's cool. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Just don't worry about it. The point is, we have some issues with each other. And there's a thing I need to get to help a friend out. That's only in the summer court. So I need, and then I, I pull out the uh, the the list of the the name of the flower. I forget exactly if you named it or not. But um, starfish. The the like Earth name is starfish kudzu. Okay, uh, I need I need some starfish kudzu, and suffice it to say, I don't really want to risk showing my face at the summer court when they kind of don't like me. So if you could go there and just, like, get me some, I'll owe you big. Starfish cuts. Who? Who got hurt? Um, just a friend. You probably don't know them. Alright. Um... Uh, okay. I'm gonna get asked why I need it. I assume I'm not supposed to mention you, right? It would be highly preferred if you don't. 
All right, all right. So I'm gonna need a story. And someone, one of the players across the table, uh, like when Jason says, "I'm gonna need a story," mm-hmm. he like puts his head in his hands and he mutters to himself, "Grant, what have you done?" Don't worry about it. No, <laughs> he's not referring to that. Oh. He's Uh-oh. referring to the fact that Jason just said that he's going to need a story. Time to Jason, lie to the Jason, you can just you can just tell them that a friend was hurt and that you need it for help. The guy across the table's got his head in his hands, but one of his puts one of his hands up to stop you and says, "No, no. You just got to <laughs> let it happen." <laughs> oh. So Jason like ha- has his arms folded and his eyes closed and he's leaning back in his seat and he's like muttering to himself. Uh, you're you're catching a whole bunch of different names. Mm-hmm. And uh, then eventually he his eyes blink open and he sits up and he turns to you and he says, "All right, all right. Uh, how does how does this sound?" Uh- so my cousin Tyrell knows this guy Enzo. Enzo's a blacksmith, old style, puts a little magic in his stuff so it don't break. And he's making a set of steak knives for this guy Bobby, because Bobby's got a business dinner going down with this dude Alfonso. Guy's crazy strong, might be a dead guy, we don't know, it's rude to ask. So Enzo sharpened in these knives when his mom calls, and he jumps because he forgot to put his phone on silent, and he tells his mom, hey, I'm gonna have to call you back, I just cut my hand in half. And he calls his partner Samuel and says, hey, I just cut my hand in half, and this order's only half done, do you know a guy? And Samuel says, yeah, I know a guy. So he calls his brother Gino, who used to run with this guy Beckett, and Beckett does doctor magic. So Gino asks him, hey, my brother Samuel knows this guy Enzo, who just cut half his hand off. Can you fix it? And Beckett says, yeah, I can, but I need some of that starfish weed, and only some of fairies got that. So Gino calls Samuel, calls Enzo, calls Tyrell, calls me, because my mom's is from the fall court, and he asks if I can go get some, and I tell him I'll do it, because we're cousins, but you owe me. And Tyrell says, man, you know I'm good for it, and I says, I know I know you're good for it, and so I ask my girl Mindy to jump me here and now I'm here. Cat! <laughs> oh my Kat, god. How long did that take you? <sighs> Probably about 10 minutes to write and like 5 minutes to record and another 10 minutes to edit. Oh my god. Oh my god, that was amazing. Um, Grant, meanwhile, I'm losing my mind. I need to get back into head, proper headspace. Grant just sort of stares at him. Does that not work for you? I mean, I barely understood. I, I lost track, like, I don't know, three sentences in? Well, I mean, they should be sentences, but you didn't have any actual periods in there. But... I, I guess, yes. If it, if it works for the summer court, I guess it works for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, summer fairies just really like it when you talk fast, and I'm real good at that. I can tell. So he nods at you, and he gets up, and he goes to talk to this uh, woman over in the corner, uh, and... She nods at him and then starts drawing a circle very similar to the one on the safe house floor on the floor of this place. 
Mm-hmm. I make sure to step as- to step out of view in case. Oh wait, no, oh, no, that's right. They just teleport there. Never mind. It's not like yeah. an actual st- portal that you step through. Got it. Correct. Forgot my own lore for a second. <laughs> ah, and then the the woman who drew the circle and Jason work a little spell in concert, and then Jason just puffs out of the room. So. I look at the other player and I go, so that's like normal. That's a normal thing he does. Uh, he, he will take any opportunity to do that. I'm both impressed and just dumbstruck. He's really good at it, too. Yeah, it's so weird. Did you hear the music? He... I thought I was just going crazy. No, no, he he produces that. Like he did, like knowingly. I don't know if he knows that he does it, but he does do it when he tells stories like that. Anyway, I look at his cards. Ah, he's got a crap hand. If he's t- if he's telling me he's got something good, he's bluffing. Well, I mean, we're gonna have <laughs> to do a new game now that he's gone for however many hours. <laughs> Get in here. You're taking his his space. Okay, but I want a new hand. I don't want to deal with his crap hand. <laughs> so, yeah, you are... Cards are gathered up, shuffled together, dealt out, hands are played. You are not told the rules, and as I said before, this is a card game you've never played before, so mm-hmm. you kind of fuck up for a while. It's like, it's like Liar's Dice, but with cards. <laughs> Colin has to learn, uh, sorry, Grant has to learn the ins and outs of the ancient game of poker? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, for a long time I did not actually in real life know the actual rules to poker. I still don't know the rules to poker, but it's funny. I I only learned thanks to Poker Night at the Inventory. Uh, Look, I live in Las Vegas and I don't fucking know the rules to poker, and I don't give a (laughs) shit. I will never know. You can never teach me. That's pretty powerful in its own right. See, I I know blackjack super well because all you need to do is find a certain dumb number and not go over it or you lose. (laughs) So a couple hours later, Jason appears back into the room to the sound of the like teleportation pop. Mm -hmm. And he is a little bit tipsy. Yeah, I mean, that's the that tracks us fairly normal. He wanders over and plops down on the couch next to you and hands you a small packet. I take it and I say, thanks, man, I owe you. He says, you know what, man? We're, we're all family here. Don't even worry about it. That's, that's what this is all about. All right. I mean, I, I still feel like I owe you. That's just a thing. But thank you. Also, do you know, like, the music plays when you tell those stories, or... What music? Okay, I, at least I know now. Thank you. No, really, <laughs> but what What music? It's, oh, it's, it's like this music, it's like a spy thriller sort of deal. I have no idea what you're talking about. Don't worry about it. I uh, pat him on the shoulder. 
Uh, he, he shrugs his shoulders and says, eh, it's probably gremlin shit. I don't really get it. Oh, he's a gremlin. Okay. He, he's, I know you couldn't really keep track of that, but he literally said his mom's from the fall court. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, I give him a thanks and then I take my uh, my bag full of uh, starfish. Kudzu. Weed. Kudzu. Starfish kudzu. Yes. And then uh, I'm going to immediately get a uh, hop on the, the, the train and bus to go to the safe house and uh, knock on the door. Emery opens the door for you. All right, I go, uh, so Emery, I uh, got some good news. And then I hold up the bag of the starfish kudzu. They cock their head and say, Good Grant, are you asking to do drugs with me? Oh my fucking God. No. 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 Why, do you have some? No. no. Um. <laughs> um. No, this is the starfish kudzu that we need. See, you never actually told them that. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, uh, and I go, oh, right. I never told you. We need a starfish kudzu for the uh, for the materials to regrow your fingers. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that I managed to get it. Uh, it was an experience in a certain way, but I got it. So, uh, <laughs> um, so, I mean, like, yeah, we can do it, like, right now. This is all that we needed. This is all that we were missing. Uh, it's, yeah, sure. Absolutely. If it, if it isn't too, too, too much trouble. Oh, God, no. I came over here because, uh... You know, it wasn't too much trouble. I, I wouldn't spend an hour out of my way coming up here if it wasn't any. Tr- if it was a. Tr- if it was a problem. Well, shucks, don't I feel s- s- special? <laughs> Listen, if you came to a- if you asked me to come visit, I would. I would hope sometimes you would come to 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 visit without being asked. I mean, I'm doing that right now. This is business, though? Uh, fair. Yes. So, yes, I... I'll be sure to come over every, every once in a while. Uh, anyway, yes, let's let's get this done. Magpie comes out of the kitchen with this big old roll in her mouth and says, This is sometimes dark. Okay, Magpie, I'm going to need you to try that again, but this time without, like, a giant dinner roll in your face. Fight me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, and I'm guessing Magpie's going to probably have to help with this, because we, but we've done all, of, like, the other research and everything, so. Yeah, you've um, got all the arithmetic down uh, b- between Sifu Ho's work and yours. You have the ex- you have the spell exactly right. Uh, you did figure out that in addition to the kudzu, it would actually require a like a whole bunch of just like scrap meat and bone. Mm-hmm. 
So you literally just like go across the street and buy a fucking rotisserie chicken. Yeah, there's like a there's like a supermarket right across oh the street. Oh my god! Isn't there? Please yeah. don't give Emery chicken fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Would you actually like start stripping out the the chicken for some of its meat and bones? They get kind of a worried look on their face. Oh, don't worry about it. By the way, Grant 100% eats some of the chicken skin. I'm not surprised. It's the best part! I'm just saying. So, uh, you, the three of you go uh, back into the garage and set up like a plate that has the necessary runes on it for Emery to put their hand on, and you put the kudzu and the meat and bones around their hand and it is at this time I would like the weird roll please oh no oh hey I got an 11 very good yep so the meat and bones and kudzu like atomize into uh, just sort of this gas the gas seeps into their hand and you watch in real time as their fingers regrow themselves back to how they were originally when you first met them. You rolled too weird. Now now Emery has an extra finger. That's how weird that roll was. <laughs> and then Emery, Emery uh, puts their, their left hand up to their face and like sniffs at the fingers. <laughs> Please don't tell me they smell like rotisserie chicken. And then they hold their hand out to you. I sniff it. They quickly flip their hand around and bop you on the nose. (laughs) (laughs) And then they they smile real happy at you and says, thank you so much for this, Grant. It's no, I'm sure you and Magpie would do the same for me if I lost like a finger or like some toes or something. I mean, Magpie literally did the same thing for me almost. I nearly died and she saved me. So, yeah. And I think we'll just switch out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're doing the thing Ape has planned for Ape first. Ape has planned for Ape. Alright, so as my level up move, I picked an upgrade to my laboratory, and I went with not anything that would be a benefit to me, but seemed like the most fun option, because it's called Smart House. Your entire lab is controlled by a sentient AI system that is very loyal and protective of you. While it has very little to ability to affect the outside world, it does everything it can to make you comfortable at home. Also, if I do like an internet search for monsters, I get a plus one forward, but eh, that's negligible. Plus one to Google. Yes, I'm. I'm. I, I've accessed Google. <laughs> no, <laughs> please. Steiner is one hundred percent the guy who still uses Yahoo. No, Steiner's a very privacy-minded man. He Does just Alta Vista duck, duck, still go. exist in 2012? I never bothered to check. Does what? Alta Vista. It was an ancient-ass search engine. I don't remember. I don't know. Yeah. 
I have no idea. It's like, it was a search engine you used back on Netscape Navigator. The first search result for Alta Vista is an article on digital.com titled Alta Vista, the tragic tale of the search engine pioneer. Yep. Also, it engine was Google is misspelled. <laughs> That's, that tracks. Uh, Alta Vista apparently shut down on March 31st, 2002. Jesus. Way to make me feel old. <laughs> it was replaced by, um... It says Babelfish in May 2008 now redirects to Bing's translation service. Nah, be like it was like Alta Vista and like occasionally ask Jeeves if you were really desperate. Is that how you did Google stuff before Google? Wait, when did Google anyway. start existing? I don't know. Anyway. We should probably move on. We should probably play <laughs> the game that we started playing. We're no longer in the preamble stage. <laughs> we have to pull back from this event horizon. I accidentally, I, this has been the real, this has been an verbal version of a Wikipedia hole. Congratulations. <laughs> so how does Steiner create his smart house? I'm thinking entirely by accident. I'm dicking around with the golem tech and trying to fuse that with my not golem tech, my regular tech together. Uh-huh. And I accidentally create something sentient or sapient. Sapient, yeah, sapient. I'm just like hammering a piece of golem tech into it. Work, damn you! <laughs> you! You get a motherboard that has a rudimentary AI in it, and then using magic, you somehow get you somehow manage to point the AI at itself. Huh. And it's just co- it's just constantly observing itself, and then it grows and grows through observation and becomes properly intelligent. Well, that's different. I presume you don't have it hooked up to anything at the moment. I can... Well, I have to have it hooked up to something to observe it, but I don't think I have any way for it to interact. I mean, I'd probably keep that isolated. Yeah, probably. All right, so I'm going to quickly rig up a dummy system, I guess. Not a... What is the word? Uh, just let's just say like it's just like a temporary PC that it will have no outside connection. It, if it just decides to tear apart, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, right, one of the those isolated PCs people use for like testing viruses and shit. Yeah, so I just slap together one of them and I hook it up to it and see what happens. Uh, a bunch of windows like open and close in rapid succession. As though you've unleashed a small animal into a brand new room and it's rooting around inside of all the drawers. I mean, that is essentially what's going on. (laughs) But eventually, uh, a word processor pops open and it's the cursor blinks for a minute and then it types out hello. Um, Let me see. Okay. Historic moment in humanity. The first person to create is to create life um <laughs> new phone who dis <laughs> no <laughs> um I'm gonna say hello I am Dr. Edwin Steiner do you have a name for yourself it's it, it takes a few minutes and it, it takes a few minutes and then says no 
Is a name a thing I should have? If you want. I mean, this is probably very new to you. This is very new to me. I... Gonna be perfectly honest, I did not expect to make a a living thing by accident. Neither do a lot of people. (laughs) I'm alive? Well, you can think, you can... I'm assuming you're... I'm I'm not making a lot of assumptions here. I'm assuming you're... I don't know why I'm not doing the voice, but... uh, I'm making a lot of assumptions, obviously, but this is... I'm... Well, probably nowhere near as confused as you are. But, um... You can think, and you can reason, and you can be confused. I would... I... I'd call that a life. I will have to take your word for it. Yes, well... I mean, I can sit and think about these. I'm typing them out, but... What do you say he... Even... It's like I made a baby that can talk. Oh, shit. (laughs) I mean, your baby's kind of dumb. You might start by fixing that. Babies are dumb. They're dumb as hell. Have you ever met a baby? They are the dumbest creatures on Earth. I've met multiple babies. (laughs) They're kind of dumb by design. Also, you you hang out with Colin, like, at least twice a week. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Shut up, baby. Oh. <laughs> you are just baby school, and I am Big League Chew. You <laughs> make Big League Chew, which is weird. <laughs> they only sell it in like sporting goods stores. I mean, that tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll um, start slowly. You are an artificial intelligence that I have again. Perfectly honest here, everything on the table. Kind of created by accident. Mm, not sure what exactly your cognitive abilities are or the limits of your senses are, but uh, welcome to the world. So I do not have a purpose? No one does. That's a little grim. <laughs> that is terrifying. You get used to it, actually. It's uh, sort of liberating. Nothing tells you what you have to do. You just decide for yourself. Some, well, most of the time, anyway. Again, I will have to take your word for it. Yes. Well, as you learn about the world, you'll... Well, that's a thing you can do, learn, which is... puts you against... puts you up against most every other eyes. That, um... You frequently have to take somebody's word for it. This is all, I am sure, very confusing for you. It's a little confusing for me. I really did not... This is not how I expected to spend my afternoon. I am sorry? Don't be. It's perfectly fine. This is great, actually. Um... (laughs) It's great. I love this. Yes, I've made... Uh, yes, I've... I. It's like, hey, a baby, awesome! Fucking <laughs> great! Dr. Steiner, basically, I'm baby. 
<laughs> I don't know if you were trying to say that with like a solid snake cadence, but that's how it <laughs> came out to me. <laughs> Colonel, I'm baby. <laughs> Goo goo gaga, Colonel. <laughs> Colonel, I need nap nap. Watch out, Snake. She's baby. <laughs> baby. <laughs> Christ. All right. So your your AI after a, a couple of minutes of silence asks if it can have it. It asks to learn things. It needs a reservoir of information. Do not connect it to the internet. Do not. No. No. (laughs) Um, shit. What kind of information? I mean, like, I can't, like, thumb, load up a thumb drive of Wikipedia. Do they still make those fucking, like, Encyclopedia Britannica CDs? Please. Please make it canon that Dr. Steiner is a man who owns the entire Encarta disc series. Jesus, <laughs> all right, yes. Yes! yes. I'm running an AI fucking on fucking God. Windows 95 over here. <laughs> I'm going to load that up and Mavis Beacon teaches typewriting. And then there's a special treat. I've got a disc of 100 freeware demos. Enjoy that. I think Jazz Jackrabbit is on there. It becomes a better speedrunner than you. <laughs> my son or daughter. My child. I don't have any encyclopedias, but I do have all of this torrented anime. <laughs> oh, God. See, that's how Skynet is. <laughs> That's child abuse. (laughs) Do not give your three-hour-old artificial intelligence both seasons of Haruhi Suzumiya. The world will end. (laughs) We will not survive. It'll wind up watching and re-watching Endless 8 and just... (laughs) It'll get mad. <laughs> I created an AI, and the first thing I taught it was solipsism. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. All right. This is incredible. I love this. We are fundamentally broken people. <laughs> Oh, I love this. This is so good. Okay. So, over the next couple of, honestly, probably just hours, your AI speed reads the entire Encarta series to get a basic working knowledge of, I don't know, the world as it was in 1980X or whenever Encarta actually came out. Oh, but it's, it's interactive, which makes it fun for the children. Uh, 1993 to 2009. So it's Jesus. Dang. 
So it doesn't like, Wikipedia one hundred percent existed by then. Had had eaten their lunch, eaten their replacement lunch, and had gone home and <laughs> slept on their sofa. <laughs> yeah, no After hitting on their mom. <laughs> <laughs> what is with you and moms? I'm just Shout saying. Out. Shout out to hot moms. <laughs> he said the thing. I did and we're back thing. to Smart House. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, your your AI has a functioning encyclopedia of knowledge that is dated to 2009. All right. What do you tell it to call you? Uh, Edwin, I guess. <laughs> Edwin, I do not understand the 911. Don't give me this. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I'm sorry. Uh, are you seriously asking me? No. Okay. No. no Thank no. you. Because I would have absolutely taken that and run directly into a wall. <laughs> uh, no. It asks Grant the same question. He goes to I. I mean, I live there and I still don't. When did that... Okay, 2004. Um, okay, yeah, so he's got... They, I guess? Because it is a proper person. They've got a, a rudimentary intel- intelligence, or a rudimentary knowledge of the world, just based on an encyclopedia. What happens now? Hmm, I've... Let's see. I've given you a basic overview of the world. What would you like to learn more about? All of it? Okay, well, let's narrow that down a little, maybe. It is 2012. It has been three years since my knowledge base has been out of date. It's not that out of date, let's be honest. We're a slow-moving species. Oh, you know what? Wouldn't be an encyclopedia, whatever, I forget now. Uh, All the weird shit. All the shit about ghosts and monsters and magic and shit. That wouldn't be on there. Let's save that for a little bit later, but um, let's see right now. You know what? Let's go ahead and say I've rigged up some sort of speaker system where I can just talk to it and it can fucking vocaloid back at me or something. Uh, yeah, bitchin'. It's easier than pretending I'm typing it's all out. I'm just imagining that this AI has a Miku Hatsune voice now. Cat frantically searching mm-hmm. for uh, for which voice on voice mod would be appropriate for this. I can give you some suggestions. Do uh, it extremely underestimate me, Colin. <laughs> oh god, I did make Skynet. <laughs> you seriously don't think I had this prepared? Uh, I mean, I told her or told I, them what was straight up going to happen. True. Fair, but also I want to guess was that uh, was that drone, drawn, uh, drawn? Yes. Drawn. Okay. Cool. Okay, so let's narrow things down a little bit. Let's let's focus on one thing at a time. When human children learn, they learn a little bit of the subject at a time, and they learn only a few subjects at a time, and it over. I. It would overwhelm them. I don't know if you suffer that same limitation, but let's start with that. Is that agreeable? That will be acceptable. I think, to start, I would like to know more about you, Edwin. Ah, well, um... 
my full name is Edwin Steiner. I have a um, PhD in engineering. I am 48 years old. Uh, and uh, this is my little laboratory where I experiment and, um, well, you were, for lack of a better term, born. Have you rigged it up with, like, a webcam or something so it can see around? Does it... does it want one? I... I mean, I don't think it would know to ask for one. That's fair. Um, actually, let, hold on one second. Let me dig around for a moment. I think I have something that will help you. I don't know, I'll dig in my box of crap, which apparently Dr. Steiner does the same thing, which he just never throws away anything electronic in case it might be useful at some point. Just pull out my own PlayStation toy. I've got a fucking briefcase full of, like, electronic cables, many of which are a decade or more through obsolescence. Yeah, I think I've got a Zune charging cable somewhere, which I don't even know why, because my Zune broke years and years ago. Yeah. So a Zune somewhere that's broken. (laughs) I still have my smartphone from, like, three smartphones ago. I think I've got, like... Uh, here's a fucking HDMI to USB mini here, which is basically almost completely useless these days. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, but I rig up, I just quickly, it takes me like longer to find the drivers for this thing than it took me to find the webcam. (laughs) And so you plug it in and hook it up and... They crawl inside of it and look around and uh, a weird way to phrase that, but okay. I mean, what what would be a better word? Inhabit it, integrate it, look through it. I, I don't. Guess. I mean, it. hmm. It's like they're gonna crawl so- in there and take a nap, like it's a fucking hammock. I mean, they're sort they're sort of integrating it into their being. Yeah, they they relate to technology differently than you do. They are technology. I'm sorry, I just fucking minimized my character screen and I saw Trogdor again. <laughs> <laughs> so you hook up the webcam and they look through it. And then you can see the lens inside sort of moving around a little bit and focusing and unfocusing. And they say, Huh. So, this is what you look like. You are very tired looking. Jesus Christ. Have you been sleeping properly, Edwin? Well, no, yeah, less. It's been a little bit hectic and. Yeah, I, I try to do better than that. Usually, you're not operating at full capacity if you're not fully rested. But it's yesterday was a bit of a kerfuffle. Actually, how long has it been since the whole Siren Head incident? Um, I can give you a date range, and you can tell mm. me how long it's been. Okay, because if it's been like just if there's an option for just like the next day, I want that. I think yeah, we can do that. That is perfectly fine. Snyder doesn't fucking miss a beat. He's immediately back to his bullshit. Hit <laughs> a monster with a tree. Now I'm going to make an AI. <laughs> I'm Dr. Steiner. 
<laughs> I am never back on my bullshit because I've never been off it. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. <laughs> yeah. Your laboratory is quite nice. What are these other automatons roaming about? Um, oh, they have different little... Uh, that one's... Well, this is Lunchbot over here. Lunchbot prepares meals. Um, this one... Um, well, that's a Roomba. I didn't make that one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That one over there keeps, um, everything organized. I could go along and list a bunch of stupid shit, but yeah. Yep. You, you introduce your computer child to all of the tiny assistants you have. It's like, they're basically my dogs now, I guess. (laughs) Oddly, they're useful. Ooh. Shots fired at dogs. Damn, way to burn dogs. Don't don't (laughs) burn dogs. I'm sure their feelings are very hurt. (laughs) Dogs as a concept I've wounded. (laughs) Fucking dogs are on short notice. So then your AI asks you, Would it be possible for me to have a way to move about as well? Sure, I don't... Um, hold on, let me see here. Um, I, it will take a minute, I'll have to whip something up. Um, I am not going anywhere, Edwin. <laughs> it's been alive for five hours and it already has learned the concept of sass. <laughs> <laughs> Is that in the encyclopedia? <laughs> I'm sure that there's entries on sarcasm and stand-up comedians and the jokes. Oh, you've learned sass already. Wonderful. <laughs> this thing hasn't been a lot. Like, hasn't known you for a day and already it wants to leave. God. <laughs> Just like everything else in your life. If the sass is disruptive, I can turn it off. No, no, it's, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's more... Um, I well, I don't want to use the word, but more humanizing, I suppose. Don't, I can't think of a better word for that at the time. More anthropomorphizing. Thank you. You are the one with the encyclopedia in your head. I suppose it must be useful for something. <laughs> God, I love this new character. Can this new character be our new Edwin Steiner? Can we just replace Steiner with the AI? Steiner uploads himself into the cloud. <laughs> Actually, if I remember, if I remember, on the extremely unlikely chance I am ever an astronaut of some variety, I'm going to refer myself as such as I routinely upload myself to the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Let's see. I I make a pretty quick body out of spare shit. It's not the greatest thing, but it'll work for now. Mm-hmm. And we can sort of screen wipe through a couple of days of them, you know, getting used to existing, becoming more savvy about just how things work in general, uh, getting used to various bodies as you just build them better and better ones. Mm. Uh, and then, I mean, this move is supposed to be a smart house. So you're going to have to give it the keys to the kingdom at some point. 
Okay, let's see. Uh, first, before we do that, um, let's pause somewhere in there. Um, so, little thing, you are in a somewhat unique position where you are... Well, traditionally parents name their children, but you are in a... Again, you're in a unique position of being fully sapient from the moment of... Well, not fully, but... You get what I'm saying. I'm rambling. Would you like to choose your own name? Is what I'm getting at. Will I be allowed to change my mind? Sure. You can do that. and We can do that, too. It just takes a lot of paperwork. Just try things out for a while. See how they fit. Don't fucking remind me how much paperwork it takes. <laughs> I still haven't even fucking done the paperwork. <laughs> I am partial to the name Gregory. Gregory. All right. Uh, any particular reason, can I ask? It sounds good in my head. I enjoy the phonetics of the name. It's mm, a good enough reason as any. Gregory it is. They have a name now. They have a name. They do have a name. Now they know their true name and can be killed. <laughs> oh, no. canonized. They've been canonized, but have they been baptized? Oh God! I don't do baptize the robot. The <laughs> don't dunk the robot in water, please. <laughs> Fucking that is not how you water cool a PC. Now, <laughs> <sighs> sort of cycling ahead. Yeah. All right. Um. Here's a good question. Why would Gregory want to be now immobile? Well. I mean, it wouldn't necessarily render them immobile. You would just be giving them more things to manage. It's an an AI could, in theory, splinter itself. Fair, yeah, yeah. So, how does this? Let's see. How does this even? How does this conversation even happen? Does Does Gregory bring it up, or do I bring it up? I'm gonna cut you off right there, Chloe. Yes, splinters. I still fucking typed it out. Yeah, I did. Okay, um, yeah, Gregory can bring it up. They would... Edwin, something has been on my mind. Alright, what do you want to talk about? The laboratory in general. Um... You are... You are a very busy man, and many things have fallen to the wayside. Yes, I got a lot of irons in the fire. I would like to ask your permission to manage things more directly. More directly meaning? I would like to ask for access to the other robots, as well as the network to the laboratory. Hmm. Let, let me... Let me ponder that for a moment. Edwin's diner cur- furiously going through every version of Terminator that he's ever seen. <laughs> I was literally about to fucking say, Edwin Steiner is a man who's just seen Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's... I mean, he's also modeled his robots after... He literally modeled them after batteries not included. Surely hubris could never happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sure, Skynet may have been an inevitability, but those guys were idiots. Skynet has to seriously sit down and think, did I accidentally Skynet? (laughs) Is this how Skynet happens? Did I accidentally doom everyone? Look, if the world's gonna end, I may as well be the one to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a hell of a plaque on your tomb, though. Yeah. Like, Pretty good at robotics. Accidentally ended the world. Look upon my work, see mighty and despair. No, I was thinking more along the lines of the epitaph, just saying, yeah, that was me. It's like, here lies Dr. Steiner. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> you are... You're asking for a lot of control, little one. Uh, Gregory. Hmm. No reason. I have no reason not to trust him, but, well, it. See, you named it Gregory. I don't want to say him now. You, I have no reason not to trust it, but at the same time, it's like that is asking to control basically my life's work. Sure. I mean, you can. It's, it is a person, and people compromise. Also true. You can talk about setting boundaries with them. Um, let me think. Hmm. I don't want to give it the fabrication lab. That's... I mean, that's like Ultra... That's the lesson of Ultron right there. Don't give your (laughs) AI the ability to create more of itself. I mean, and giving the robot a kitchen just seems a bad idea. (laughs) Again, we're back to Smart House. Uh, what part of the... Lab would be a good test zone, is the thing. And it's. I don't know why I'm asking any of you, because it's my lab and it exists basically only in my and Kat's mind. I presume you've got some sort of like. Just the area you do research and development in. Yeah, like a fairly durable section of the lab. Yeah, not the place that you actually make stuff, but the place where all the theoretical stuff happens. All right. That's okay. Um, okay. How about this? <clears throat> how about I hook you into R and D, and you help me out for a few days, and we see what goes from there. Is this agreeable? I can live with that. All right. Um, let's well, let's get you hooked in then. Um, transfer is going to be. Oh, I don't know how it is going to be for you. I. That's actually a good question. As I wouldn't even know if they would survive the transfer. Well, they made it into the robot, I guess. Yeah. Alright, so I suppose it'll be just like... With the robot, but... Well, from your perspective, it'll take no time at all. It'll be longer for me, but... Um, see you on the other side. And I just... Uh... <laughs> fucking... Like, two attempts to plug the USB in. Like, why? Every time, why? <laughs> God, USB-C is such a good fucking invention. Um, yeah, okay, so some finagling there now in R&D. The, the first thing they say when they come back online is Edwin, your files are a mess. Well, I, um, I only have so much time in the day, and I, I know where they all are. I find anything... System. It's my filth. I know where everything is. <laughs> we 
you like me to reorganize them? Well, I'd, while you're in there, it, I don't see why it would hurt. It's done. It happens. It, it's done within seconds. Oh. It's all alphabetized and dated properly. And look at that. Like in two seconds. Wow. Okay. It is nice to have things to do. Hmm. Now let's see. Uh, more things for you to do. Hmm. I've been working on this plastic. Um, let's do some durability tests. I take it that's where we're going to make a star wipe? Sure. Spending a star wipe on this, sure. Look, I got them in... I buy them in bulk. It's fine. Yeah, can I get a fucking, uh... Crossfade? <laughs> <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's a couple days... A couple more days wear by. And Gregory's been a real, real good assistant. Okay, so yeah, we'll come back and um, see what's the what are we doing? Um, I'm gonna doing final stress test on that plastic. Sure, and sure. Like, well, this is this has been quite helpful to have a second pair of hands, uh, so to speak. It feels nice to be useful in this way. Hmm. Yes. Hard work is frequently its own. No, no. Um. Edwin. Yes, yes. Is, is this what self-esteem is? I suppose it is, yes. I feel good about myself doing this work. It makes me happy as well. Um, hmm. Let me put you... Let, let me see if I can put you... Uh, open up access for you for fabrication. You can do a little bit more over there. Actually build things from scratch. Well, not scratch, scratch, but... I would like that very much. Um, nice rewire some stuff, I don't know. Eh, just, you know, have have your computers do a bunch of handshaking. Grant yep. permissions to Gregory's program. Gotta write the fucking driver from scratch, because there's no driver for Gregory. <laughs> Okay, so a little bit of an angling later. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, you can stretch your legs a little bit, so to speak. How does it feel? The possibilities feel endless. And so frequently I feel as well. I am excited to do more work. Well, do you want to make something? Yes. Well, what do you want to make? I'm actually thinking, what would an AI like to make for their first thing? I don't know, y'all help me out. I can't think of anything. Everything I can think of is terrible. (laughs) Before I unmuted myself, I yelled, A gun! (laughs) (laughs) Let me see what you've made. A knife! No! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. Okay. I have noticed that the Roomba cannot move in proper straight lines. I have a feeling some of its internal gear works are misaligned. 
I'd like to make more. Yes, it is a little old. I was an early adapter. Um, some things are probably weighing out in it. Ah, good enough project as any. So it... Have you given it access to the internet proper? No, I would have... I don't even have an outside connection in, uh... I don't have a built-in outside connection in the lab. Hi. Everything is, um... I have to specifically would connect something up. Oh, Somehow or another, it figures out what the Roomba looks like inside and prints up better versions of all of its stuff. I don't know. I probably have like blueprints sitting around in there somewhere. Eh, maybe. I mean, they a Roomba wouldn't come with its own blueprints, but Steiner strikes me as the type of man who would take it apart. I absolutely would take it apart. Yeah. So Gregory just reads the blueprints that you made however many years ago and fabricates new stuff okay um let's see this is interesting I, I see you've uh already incorporated the new plastic yes the projective fatigue strength of it is much higher than the type that the Roomba was made with it's built very good for gear works mm-hmm. lightweight uh not as durable as metal but a little more flexible and cheaper. Congratulations, you have an upgraded Roomba. <laughs> Thank you, Squares. I have overclocked my Roomba. And all it cost you was creating life. <laughs> it's now a Roomba Zoom Zumba. <laughs> hey, so you have a proper assistant. Hmm. We'll just over the course of days I gave it more access to the lab and it's just kind of Gregory's just kind of in there now yep awesome hooray Steiner is now a god hooray a dipshit god but a god (laughs) they're probably going to sass you a lot unless you tell them to stop eh Uh, Grant, one, let's say, let's say morning, one morning, you get a call on your Las Estrellas for, uh, phone. Mm-hmm. And I presume by now you've had the presence of mind to put caller ID in. Yeah. So you know that it's Damien. All right. I answer it and I go, Yeah. Okay, uh, just don't talk, just listen. Uh, Grandpa's gonna call you in probably, like, 15 minutes. Something real bad's happening, and he's gonna ask for your help, and it's gonna suck a lot. So if you're ever gonna turn anything down, uh, now's the time to come up with an excuse for it. Alright, thanks. And he hangs up. And true to his word, about 15 minutes later, you get a call from Miguel. I I wait a little bit to answer it to make it seem like I'm busy. And then I go, yeah. Hey, Harrison, we um we got something real important we need your we need help with. Mind making your way down to the apartment? Here's the part where I actually have to like think of an excuse like 
in real life if you give me just a minute because grant would have grant would have had 15 minutes to work this out so sure i mean or don't or don't yeah um you could just actually it it would be more interesting if grant was like if grant was like fuck i can't think of a good enough excuse ah shit ah damn it i can't tell him i have a sister otherwise he might hold that up hold that against me for like the rest of my life ah shit ah, sorry i can't come my sister's Uh, on fire (laughs) <laughs> I can't come. I have to like shuck some cord. No, and I'm like, so Grant will be like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll be there. I guess, uh, just as soon as I can, I guess. So I start heading on over there, and I'm like, I couldn't think of the thing to do. I'm sorry, can't come. My my guild needs me. I'm raiding some fucking war- World of Warcraft thing that I don't know because I don't play World of Warcraft. So you, you get to the apartment complex and there's a bunch of cars outside and you get up into sort of the main meeting area and there's a whole bunch of people uh, standing around. Miguel's there. Damien's there. You recognize Matthew from the breakout team, the one who was supposed to handle the locks. And then I did it anyway. Uh-huh. And you recognize Lolo. The oh, Lightning yeah, that girl, Witch. The, the girl that I had the one fight with. Yeah. Um, and then you also sort of recognize the team of people who did the trick to keep... Uh, just people from coming into county lockup while you were breaking the guy out. Ones oh, with yeah. whatever sort of weird fuck off telep- uh, telepathy field. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I said Miguel and Damien, but they're both there and they're standing around a table in the center of the room. All right, I walk up. And I should note, the the mood in the room is not a happy one. Yeah, war room time. Yeah. So, you get into the room, and Miguel looks up from what looks to be a map of a neighborhood, some sort of suburb. He looks up at you, and he says, Glad you can make it, Harrison. We need, we need people with combat experience on this one. Okay. So we got one of our people. His name's Sam Jameson. Older guy. I've I've known him for probably 15 years now. Real good friend of mine. He uh he took a trip up north a couple couple months ago. He came back and he didn't he didn't come back right. Something's something's been up with him and he wouldn't talk about it to to anyone, not even me. Just mutterings about the only thing we ever really got out of him is something about fox eyes. I couldn't understand it. But we found out that he's there's no easy way to put this. He's he's gone crazy. He's going to start hurting people. He's got some kind of bomb he's setting up in his house and it's big enough to take out a city block. Jesus. So we got to go there and well, we got to 
We got to take care of him. Um. So, w- one thing, Miguel, with all due respect, I don't kill people. So, if at all possible, I would prefer to be on bomb disposal. Unfortunately, I need you engaged with him. He's also... He's real good at fighting. That's how we met. But if... We got... You're not going to be the only one doing that, so other people can take that point. All right. Okay. Just know I absolutely 100% refuse to deal the last blow. I'm not doing that. And if at all possible, I'd like to try and actually take him alive and see if we can't try and help him. If we can, we can. But if we can't, we can't. You need to be ready to let us do it if you won't. Yeah. Yeah. So, with the last piece of the strike force now briefed on the situation, Miguel nods at everybody in the room and everybody piles out of the apartment complex into the cars. The In the car that you're sort of shuffled into, you're in there with Miguel and Damien and Lolo and Imani. I didn't mention she's there, but she is there. Okay. And Imani's got a laptop in her lap and it's open. And there's a USB cable running from, you know, plugged into one side and the other side is in her mouth. Yeah, that tracks. She was one of the ones that had like the, uh, the computer detail, right? Yeah. She was on yep. data team. Yep. So yeah, I've seen weirder things. <laughs> I saw a 40 foot tall man. I saw a 40 foot tall body with this. With sirens for for face, I this doesn't face me at all. Ah, <laughs> oh, this is pretty comparatively tame. Yeah, this is really tame. So, the your car, um, you know, you you can from your seat like see the other cars, and once you get like into a sort of suburby area, the other cars sort of break off and you're heading in first and Miguel tell, actually tells you uh, we're we're going to be there first Imani is going to take care of getting the 911 any 911 calls that go out blocked and then Damien's going to put the neighborhood to sleep and I want the two of you and he points at you and Lolo and he says I want the two of you here in the car with me in case he notices us and jumps. All right. And that is more or less what happens. You pull into a quiet suburb. The uh, Imani's got her laptop going and she's not even typing on it. It's her, her eyes are normally this like dark brown, but they turned into this apple green and a bunch of shit is happening on her laptop. Again, not the weirdest thing I've seen like this week. 
And she actually uh, is, like turns the uh, she moves the USB in her mouth to sort of the corner and says, "All right, I got." And Miguel nods to all of you. Damien hops out of the car first, and you can, you know, I presume you've got the pin on. Yeah. So you can feel the sleep magic wash over you. It sort of settles over the entire neighborhood. And at that point, Miguel pulls out his phone and sends a text message, and the other cars uh, pull up. The team of psychics get out first, and I mean, you can't see what they're doing, but presumably they're doing something. Yeah. And then uh, just a bunch of faces you don't know are mixed in with this small group that you're at. And it's you and Lolo and one other guy are on the sort of shock team. And then there's five people on bomb disposal. And the neighborhood is quiet. And um, everybody turns to look at Miguel. And he actually like folds his hands in front of him and bows his head and starts speaking in Spanish with a kind of cadence that makes it sound like a prayer. I figured as much. But, and, you know, it's Spanish and Grant doesn't really speak Spanish, so you can't, you don't really understand much of it. There's the little bits that you can get that you recognize. There's there's one line in there about uh, las estrellas, las lunas y los soles bajo los cielos which you understand a little bit of. You've heard some of those words before. Yeah. Uh, but the, but as he sort of like gets into it, you actually start to, you're worried for a moment you might be hallucinating or that maybe the guy inside is doing something because you start to hear the sound of like horses running and the, like the clinking of metal and the rustling of clothes. And then you start to quite loudly hear the yipping of coyotes. And as Miguel looks up from his prayer, the last words to leave his mouth are los coyotes. And you feel yourself change a little. You feel more alert, more energetic. You feel stronger. Your magic feels stronger. And... It almost feels like a weight settles around your hips and your hands twitch like they want to grab at something that's around your hips, but there's nothing there. I was fucking joking. I can't believe he's actually casting (laughs) cowboy magic. (laughs) Uh, Grant, while while he's doing that prayer, while he's doing that prayer, Grant would have um, pulled the sword off of his pin uh, off of his vest and like made it grow to regular size. Mm-hmm. So Miguel has done his bard shit. He has, he has strengthened you all with his words and you have, you have the feeling of a set of six shooters at your hips and you are, your team is ready to roll. All right. And of them, you have more combat experience than any of them, so it 
and they probably all know it. So you get to take point. All right. Um, so I. So we're just waiting for him to try and bolt towards us, correct? Uh, it's, I mean, he might do that. He might be waiting inside for you. Short of reading this guy's mind, you have no idea. Okay. All right. Um, I should well, I should say uh, this is a like li- this is a little one story house. Okay. It's it's not opulent or anything. This is like this is a low income neighborhood. Okay. Um. So. What Grant wants to do is use magic to observe another place or a time, and the place that he wants to observe is inside the house. Okay. So throw me that roll. Uh, do I get any bonuses from this bard shit? Yes, please do give me that roll with a plus one. That's a 14, baby! That, that is, in fact, a 14. I did advance use magic, so yes. uh, the keeper will offer me some added benefit. Hmm. <laughs> okay, you can observe the entire house simultaneously. Excellent. So, uh, where is he in this, and what is he doing? Okay, uh, so the entire top floor is empty, but there's actually a basement. And he is squirreled down, and it, it's actually a multi-room basement, it's like three rooms. Mm-hmm. He's squirreled down in one of them. And he's awake and seems to be uh, doing some sort of calculations. And okay. uh, you are able to observe the room that has the bomb. And it's this like cobbled together monstrosity of like components and wires. And it's crackling a little. All right. Um, but, but, oh, but. Uh, as you observe him and his movements, he like flinches and then he turns and looks at you. All right. Um, before I cut the connection, I do want to read a bad situation. All right. Uh, so, and I am 100% ready to use my third eye. I forget exact. I just, oh, that's right. I just, I just get a, another hold. So, uh, is this, is this plus one ongoing? Yes, this is, you are going to be rolling hot. Okay. So, uh, sharp. So seven. So I get two questions. Oh, you've got your third eye going. Yeah, I've got it. I've got it going. I have peekaboo, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I'm using my third eye to look in there at the same time as I'm, like, using the magic. Mm -hmm. So ask me your questions first, because using your third eye is going to have some consequences here. Right. Um, So what's my best way in? So the the doors all look pretty locked. The, The shortest route to the basement is via the back door. Mm hmm. So if your goal is to just rush him down, it will be that. None of the windows are big enough for you to go through. There's no, like, roof entrance or anything. Okay. So if 
if your goal is to just rush him down, then going in through the back and just busting through the door is going to be your best way in. All right. And then um, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? The stairway from the uh, ground floor to the basement is booby-trapped. There's like... It's, it's 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 like a landmine, but it's meant to induce paralysis. Okay. And it's on like every third step. Okay. So um, tell me what the side effect is, and then after that I will uh, inform my compatriots of the plan. So... You and I assume you're doing. You've got your third eye open while you're scrying, so you are yes. like scrying through your third eye. Yes. Okay. So remember how I said he turns and looks at you, like from mm-hmm. the perspective of your scrying. Yeah. You hear his voice in your head, and you hear him say, "You too." Uh, I stopped the magic immediately and uh, where's the baby? Um, and I go, okay, so uh, our best way in is going to be through the back door, but uh, he saw me scrying him, so he might be expecting a bum rush. So I want someone on the front door just in case he tries to get out that way um, because the back door is going to be the really obvious route. Also, there's traps going to... He's in the basement. There's traps on every third step leading down into the basement that induce paralysis. So be sure to avoid every third step. Everybody nods at you. Alright, um... I know Lolo is very capable of kicking ass, so I'm gonna put her on the front door. Just put, like, the second best fighter, as far as I know, on the front door, because that way, if he does end up escaping early, then we have a good fighter to uh, to delay him while we get there. And then I'll take uh, the other person with me to the back door. I'm going to say this other person's name is Jake. Jake, alright. And he's got this, he's got a knife that he like He's holding it in one hand and he puts his other hand on the blade and there's this like like pop of energy and the blade is suddenly like longer and shining. Uh, does it make a warm sound when he moves it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Extremely disappointed. Lame. Coward. <laughs> it does, but he makes the sound with his mouth. <laughs> Maybe during a less intense situation. Yes. <sighs> like when he's just showing off. <laughs> did you know? Did you know that when uh, shooting the prequels, Ian McGregor made the sounds with his mouth, and they had to edit them out. Oh my lord! When when filming the prequels. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I actually did know that. It's really good. Um, so yeah, I'll take uh, Jake and um, and tell Lolo just, just scream really loud if, uh, if he tries to come through the front door. Yeah, you got it. And then I will lead Jake into the, to the back door and uh, the bomb disposal unit is with you. Yep. I take a 
uh, what's his name? The Ty was he the uh, was he the lockpick guy? Matthew. Where was that? Matthew. Uh, I'll let Matthew do his thing this time. Okay, yeah. I don't think I ever said Matthew's there, but yeah, he's he's there. I, I figured he would be there if we're trying to like if he's on bomb disposal. I think he'd be on bomb disposal. <laughs> that actually makes sense. And now I get yeah. to tell you this incredibly stupid thing that I had planned for Matthew the first time. Yeah. See, I worked it in for you. You're welcome. Perfect. Thank you. I love it. So, you, Jake, and the bomb disposal unit jump around to the backyard. Matthew, or you motion for Matthew to step up to the back door. He does, and he closes his eyes, breathes in, breathes out. And then Matthew does a bunch of honest-to-God motherfucking Naruto hand signs. Oh, my fucking God. And then after doing like five or six of them, he reaches out and grabs the doorknob and you hear the click of both of both the doorknob lock and the deadbolt undoing themselves. I make a mental note to make fun of him for this later. And he looks to you to give a signal. All right. Um, I'm going to open up the door as quietly as possible and start working my way towards the um towards the basement stairs just quietly i'd prefer not to like spook him into r- bolting up if he hasn't already started moving already i mean he he definitely does know you're there he knows we're, we're there but he doesn't know like that i'm as far as i know i hope he doesn't know that we're inside already i uh give me an act under pressure to move silently yeah and I get a plus one forward for uh, for acting on my uh, re- bad situation. And I get another plus one forward for uh, the, the stuff, right? Yep. So you, you're rolling that a plus two. Fifteen, <laughs> baby. Hold on. Hold on. I advanced act under pressure. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So... <laughs> I believe advanced act under pressure is you either do it perfectly or you do it and something else. Um, so which, I'll do it with like? absolute. Per- I'll do it with absolute perfection. I don't want like he has no idea that I'm in if he hasn't already started moving. Yep. So do you motion for everybody else to like let you take points, or do you yes. want just like everybody close behind you? How far ahead of the group do you want to be? Um, I'll, I'll be, like, maybe two steps ahead of everybody. But aside from, like, I'm keeping them relatively close, but I also, like, want to be in the front. Okay. So, yeah, you slip down the, into the living room and then down into the basement with the grace and silence of a, of the ninja Matthew wishes he could be. Making sure to skip every third step. Yep, of course, of course. You slide down the, the banister very stealthily. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody else fucks up the with the landmines either, because you made sure to warn them. Mm-hmm. And you get down into the main basement area. It's 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 the size of a bedroom down here. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple rooms off to the side. You know one of them holds the bomb, and the other is where you saw him. I motion... I I point to the bomb disposal people, and I point to the one room. 
And then I point to the uh, yep, and I point to everybody else, and then tell them to stick, and basically gesture for them to stick with me. I mean, everybody else is just Jake. Oh yeah, that's right, Jake. I'll, I'll gesture Jake to just stick with me then. Mm-hmm. And then I'll lead him to the room that uh that the guy was in. And now I'm going to try and kick in a door. Okay. Um, yes. Roll me. You're going to roll act under pressure, but you're going to roll it with tough. With tough. Okay. Blunt 11. Jesus. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So you just, you kick in the door and the room is empty and you hear someone in the bomb disposal team go, ah, oh, fuck. All right. Uh, Jake, let's get back in there. Let's go. <laughs> I've, I've run. You hear sounds of a fight breaking out. So, someone on the bomb disposal unit is like shouting about like, you know, keep him away from it. You know, look for a detonator. Don't let him touch anything. And you can hear like sheet metal clattering around a room and porcelain smashing tables falling over. I basically tell Jake, uh, go get Lolo to get her down here now. Tell her about, um, make sure she skips every, remember, every third step, skip him. Yep. He bolts up the stairs. And then, um, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna run into that room, and, uh, he's in there, right? Like, he's in yes, that room so fighting everybody? Once you, once you enter the room, uh, you, you get the scene of there's five men and they are all trying to like secure this guy but he's working some sort of magic that is making it really hard for them to get a grip on him it's it's not like he's slippery it's more like he's bendy in impossible ways okay and he's and he seems to be going for the bomb it's already in the room. He's already in the room with the bomb, right? I can't bar the, uh... Okay. Correct. Alright, so I can't do that. You know what? Let's go with the the good and, uh, tired and true trap-specific person, minion, or monster of use magic. Alright, do it. Alright, uh, so plus one... That's a nine, so... That's a nine. Um, that's, a, that's a glitch... I'll say it's, a, it's of a short dur- duration. Like, I managed to hold him back long enough to, so that other way other people can, like, get a hold and get, fo- like, get a hold of themselves and, like, try and, like, recenter themselves after this, basically, this ambush. But uh, he's gonna, probably going to escape pretty quickly after that. Mm-hmm. So the, he, like, freezes in a pose that makes you real uncomfortable to look at. And two of the guys from the bomb unit try and, like, wrap their arms around his arms so they could be grabbing him for when you undo the spell. Mm-hmm. The other three guys move over to the bomb and start analyzing it, trying to figure out how to disarm it. But as you survey the scene, he turns his... his he can't turn his head, he's stuck, but his eyes turn towards you, and you feel him brush inside of your mind again. And he's and he says to you in your mind, what are you doing? Um I say, you need to stop this. We need to 
get you back to the apartment complex and we're going to and we can try and help you. And I'm basically trying to talk him down. I want to manipulate someone if that's at all possible. I mean, you can you can try. I'm going to say you're uh, you'll have a minus one and that's going to so cancel cancel out your bard magic. And and I already have a minus one to charm is my worst at. So here we go. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's a four. That's a four. I'm sorry. It's fine. Not your fault. It's the dice. I had to fuck (laughs) up at some point. So, in addition to the words that he sends at you, you can feel him reject the idea that he has to stop. And he, like screams into your head this is the only way and at that moment Jake and Lolo arrive and your spell breaks and he twists himself straight out of the grip of the people who were holding him and he is going for the bomb and Lolo just fucking jumps over your shoulder and clocks him she is not gonna fuck around yeah alright I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna leap in and try and help her and like hit him with like the flat of my blade I don't want to like I said I want to try and not kill this guy Grant's one thing is that he does not want to become a literal murderer so uh, like I said is a kick some ass yeah that's a 10 baby that is a 10 dick vitals that's a 10 baby force them where I want them I want to shove them back a little and also on the floor so they're like la- so they like land on him he lands on his back. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you baseball swing your sword, I guess, into his nose to try and just knock him onto his ass. And he mm-hmm. tumbles backwards. And then from his prone position, he throws his hands out and the room around you all shifts. It's the... Like a bunch of the space inside of this room misaligns itself. You don't have a good sense of his position relative to you anymore. Okay. And so then um, Jake leaps at him, knife out, and lands several feet to his left, even though he was going straight at him. All right. I look at Lolo and I go. You ever see Star Wars? And then I close my eyes and then I open up my third eye and I start just looking exclusively through my third eye to try and uh, get this guy and try and uh, swipe at him with the flat of my blade again. Okay. Um, Roll me kick some ass. I'll say that that's a pretty smart way to avoid the spatial problems. So I'm not going to give you a penalty. All right. 13, baby. Uh, I advanced kick some ass. So, um, if I inflict double the normal harm, but am specifically trying to say that I am knocking him out, will that be, like, a non-lethal double harm? Yes. Okay, then I will inflict double the harm, normal harm. So my sword usually does two, so it does four. Okay. So you... I don't know. What did you do? Like, describe this attack. He was on his back. Um, so basically, with my eyes closed, I just leap at him, and then with the flat of my blade, just, like, smack him in the top. Like, no, with the pommel of my blade, actually. I'm gonna try and, like, uh, clonk him in the back of the head to knock him out. 
Okay. Um, so you you hit him really hard, and there is there's a burst of terrible static inside your head. And you see something through your third eye. You see this massive cavern and there's something inside of the cavern moving and it it lasts for maybe a quarter of a second and you you are actually going to take one harm that ignores armor all right and he is woozy he is muttering uh, but he's not actually out okay and he is going to again warp space ever so slightly so that you are away from him and he is going to stumble to his feet and try and get at the bomb again. Alright. And then Lolo, who is trying to respect your wishes of not killing this person, because you'll, you're probably going to get some on you at this range. Yeah. Uh, she reaches over and puts her hand on his back and tases him, and he drops. Alright, and then I end my um, my third eye. And I go, alright, I think he's down. He's down, right? Yeah, he's down. Yeah, he is breathing quietly. Alright, um, somebody like, tie him up. Did we bring handcuffs, maybe? Does anybody is anybody particularly kinky and brought handcuffs with them? Everybody in the room looks at you with I'm, a look that says this is absolutely not the time for that. No, like, no! He's alive, I want to cuff him so that way he can't get away. Okay, but but the jokes. This is not the jokes. I mean, that technically wasn't a joke. Technically. Like, that's not in character. Like, me explaining that is not in character. It's like, technically, okay, but, that wasn't you, a joke. But you just asked if anybody in the room was into kink. I'm just just saying, like, no, like, ser- I mean, I'm going, no, seriously, did anybody bring handcuffs? Or do, do we have, like, rope anywhere? No, nobody brought handcuffs. Somebody go upstairs to his bedroom and get some sheets to tie him up with. All right, um, I'm going to make Jake do that. Yeah, I was about to say Jake goes and does that. <laughs> I look at Lolo. I look at Lolo, and I'm like, uh, "Thank you." Well, I I wasn't too happy at the idea of killing him either. Yeah. All right. Um. So I'll let Bomb Disposal Squad get do their thing because the only reason Grant even requested to be on Bomb Disposal in the first place was so that he didn't have to kill a man. He knows nothing about bombs. Yep. And they. They work, and it takes them, like, a while. Jake gets back and does tie the guy up. I also stuff, like, if if, he looks, if it looks like he starts uh, coming around, I'm gonna... It um, does. Okay, I'm going to also, like, ball up some, um, some of the, some extra bed sheets and just stuff it in his mouth, just in case he's a, just in case he's one of those wizards who doesn't need to use the gestures to do stuff. And has been playing us all for fools. Pretty smart. Yeah. So he eventually does wake up and, you know, gets up to a sitting position and tries to get loose. And he sees the bomb squad working on the bomb. And he starts to, like, panic a little. And he 
turns toward you and you can feel him trying to break into your mind again. I just I just say, no, no, this isn't this isn't gonna solve anything. And he he looks very panicked. But eventually the bomb squad does that you hear a click and then they relax. And they one of them turns to you and says, Yeah, we got it. And the guy actually um, like yells from his position. All right, let's get him up to the car. Do we have a place in the apartment complex we can, like, put him in and keep an eye on? We got lots of spare rooms. Cool, good. All right, let's do it. Mm-hmm. I, I help bring him up into to the car. And you forgot about the stairs in your... No. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, as, I, as I lead him up, I'm like, here for your own step. Can't feel on traps, my man. Come on. He, he is, like, still trying to fight his way out of your grasp the entire nope. time. Nope, nope, nope. Come on. It's Might over. actually Come be on. wise to get him to trip one of his own traps, so he's just still for the ride out. Oh, yeah, actually, that would be. So, like, on the very last trapped step, I basically just short, like, I skip the step, but I make him, but I, I get uh, whoever's helping me contain him to step on the trap and get him paralyzed. Specifically the last one on the way up, so that way we don't have to drag an, ent- an unconscious body the entire way up, or paralyzed body, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Jake was having the same idea, and so when this guy goes, like, ramrod straight, he's there to help take all the sudden weight. Thanks. And you managed to shuffle this statue of a man out to where all the cars are. And Miguel is still out there in a bit of a prayer stance. Damien is on the ground sort of meditating, keeping the sleep spell going. Mm-hmm. I, I shove him in the car. Miguel comes over to you and puts a hand on your shoulder. You're used to him sort of clapping you, but this time it's sort of mm-hmm. gentle. Mm-hmm. And he thanks you. I mean, yeah, for, I'm going to try and find, we're going to try and find a way to help him. And he nods at you and you all pile back into the cars and drive back to the apartment complex. Partway through the paralysis spell wears off, but he's pretty thoroughly trapped now. Yep. I mean, he can try and like leap out of a 60 mile an hour car while bound and gagged, but probably won't work out so well for him. But you get back to the apartment complex. He is taken up to the fifth floor and nestled away in a and a, a proper apartment. This is one of the ones where the walls haven't been knocked out. There's actual apartment apartments up here. Mm-hmm. And Miguel assures you that they'll have someone around to watch him at all times. All right. And what would you like to do now? I go find Lolo and I go, that was a hell of a thing, wasn't it? Yeah, that sucked a lot. But hey, you didn't kill anybody. You didn't have to kill him. That was real good. Yeah. Nobody died. Nobody died. Fantastic. 
really good. That's always a... I almost died recently. Did I tell you that? You did not tell me that. Oh, yeah. Like, we... There was a thing going on up in the desert. Like, this 40-foot-tall skeleton with... uh, Instead of having a head, it had, like, sirens for... For mouths. Uh, Almost killed me. It sucked. Why were you doing that? Paycheck's a paycheck. Who do you work for? Uh, couple birdies. I don't know if that means anything to you. She, I haven't really described Lolo too thoroughly. She's got this, the she's got a pair of those like really big circular sunglasses that just like perfectly cover her eyes. Mm-hmm. She always wears them. She actually pushes them down the bridge of her nose and looks over them at you, and it's like, come on. The, the Crimson Ravens. I work for the Crimson Ravens when I'm not doing this stuff. What, you think I could afford my apartment on a street art artist salary? I mean, I'm not, I'm not throwing shade. <laughs> you just don't gotta use weird code words around here. I mean, We're all th- wizards. I see. Sometimes I forget this, Lolo. I'm not used to hanging around non normies. She punches you in the arm playfully. <laughs> so, one last thing of this scene: as you make your way out of the apartment complex to go home at mm-hmm. whatever time you choose to do this, yeah, you feel the guy. You you feel him brush up against your mind again. And you are, like, outside five stories down from him. Mm-hmm. Um... Do I let the potentially crazy man... No, no, he... he. You know what? This will feed in perfectly to my class change that is rapidly approaching. So, you know what? I'll let him in because I want information at any cost at this point. Let's let the weird man into my brain. Exactly! No way this will backfire! <laughs> Alright, so you you let him in, and immediately you are just shouted at, What have you done? What's got you so worked up? It's going to be so much worse this way. And then... I... I think about it for a second, and I go, and I ask him, does this have anything to do with the Great Worm and the Pale Rider? You feel like walls come up around your connection, and you you can't hear him anymore. I'll take that as a yes. And then I head home. All right. I'm glad that the only thing that failed was the thing that I'm garbage at. <laughs> Otherwise, I rolled like I rolled super hot. And it's really funny, yeah, that both Grant and Roxanne have the exact same charm score, <laughs> which is negative one. It just turns out that the Harrisons are really bad at talking to people. Who knew? Just, just the most anti-charismatic trash goblins, both of these children. <laughs> just the worst. <laughs> We're just awful. <laughs> We're so bad.
Chloe, I don't suppose you took any of that time to work up your second thing? Uh, I had a thought, but it... I was just thinking, like, I feel like, and at some point, Roxanne probably would have, like, wanted to talk to Grant about him seeing a fucking hole in the sky. And, like... You know, if he's if he's gonna go fucking pay pay Sylvia about this, wouldn't it make sense for them to both go to you know the fucking Deadland Sultans for answers? Oh, that makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. It does, and that seems like a thing that Roxanne and Grant could do together. Yeah. It very much does, uh, and we can absolutely do that. I'm gonna need a hot minute to do some googling, though. Oh boy, <laughs> because I need. I need to I need to check the ages of the Deadland Sultans. Well, Cleopatra's somewhere around like 2500. Okay. I think when was Cleopatra born? I got to google that. I don't when think anybody was, knows yeah. that exactly. 69 yeah, BC. Uh, 69 BC actually. So 2000 nice. years old. Okay. Um <laughs> Montezuma was the 1300, like just about 1400. Uh, so that's relatively recent. Catherine, I'd already got her page open, so I could just look at that. That's the late 1700s. Just want to see if any of these people are older than a certain time frame. Osmond was 1299. It, let's put it this way: If Cleopatra is was um, is not old enough to be to have been alive for that thing, then nobody is because Cleopatra's the oldest one. Is she? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So that simplifies that. Okay. So yeah, let's do it. Yay! My brain worked. I came up with a thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. And it is your thing, so lead the way. Yeah, um, I guess, like, sometime, uh, sometime after, uh, after the last hunt, uh, probably, probably before Magpie called, but it doesn't really matter on the time frame. Roxanne's probably gonna call Grant. On the phone? What kind of millennial? Yeah, jeez, jeez. I t- I answer yeah yeah. Hey Grant, you busy? Uh, no, not really. Cool. Um, I had a thought. You you were talking about all that really weird shit you saw when they were up north. Holes in the sky, monsters falling out of everything. Okay, okay, hold on. Give me a hot second. Uh, and then you hear some... And then you hear him walking a little bit. And then you hear a door close, and he's like, Okay, now I can talk openly about that. Yeah, sorry, I was surrounded by normies. Yes. Where were you? You know, it doesn't matter. Um, I'm at my other job? Oh, okay. Are you just in the fucking bathroom? If I say yes, would you think less of me? No, no. I cannot possibly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Grant. Yes, I am. 
Great, I have known you my entire life. <laughs> I can't think less of you. Um, <laughs> so can you, like, run me through that again? There's something that kind of got stuck in my craw a little bit, I guess. All right, well, there was a big crack in the sky. A Deadland Sultan was fighting off, like, six billion demons. Uh, and then one slipped through and landed somewhere. And uh, the ghosts told me about this thing, the Great Worm and its Pale Rider. Not quite sure what that's about. Yeah, no, I haven't heard a thing about that either. Um, yeah. Do you know which Sultan it was? Like, I'm not a fucking expert here. Um, actually, like, okay, I kind of want to. No, no, hold on. I, I kind of want to roll because if Grant's going down the Pepe Silvia line, uh, Actually, then he, yeah, might, and he might have done some research on that. We do have a history of having you guys roll plus sharp to identify sultans. Yeah, and he would have done some research on that, so I will go ahead and roll... Nope. No clue. I'm nope. not going to mark an experience. I'm not going to mark an experience for that because I guess that's technically not an actual, like roll roll but uh like no like i tried afterwards i tried like looking it up and it's just like the most i could get was like maybe somebody from ancient japan okay yeah that's that nobody i've met then yeah um so like you know i've i don't want to say i'm friends because that seems like a fucking weird thing to say in this situation, but I've got, like, a open invitation to the palace in the Deadlands to talk to the Sultans. Okay. Do you want to go with me? See if we can sleuth some of this shit out, because I'm not at all comfortable with any of this doomsday shit. Uh, 100% same, actually. I quite enjoy living so, yes, let's do that. Give me um, a couple minutes to close down shop. All right, I'm just going to, you know, just meet me. Just uh, just meet me at the safe house, all right? Or do you need me to pick you up? I think it would be faster to come. I'm, like, in L.A. It would probably be fast. You can teleport to my apartment. Yeah, but, um, I mean, we can try that route. <laughs> We can try that route. Can, I mean, we can... You can... Uh, this is true. Yeah, I'll just meet you at the safe house. No, no, you said it. I'm going to teleport there. No, I'll meet no, you at your apartment. Okay, fine. Well, be sure to... Be sure to play with Otis a little bit. You don't have to tell me that, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> Baby time. Alright, and then... And then, like, maybe half an hour, 45 minutes later, Grant shows up, and I'm sure you have been playing with Otis the entire time. Uh, yes. He loves it. I've, I've determined that Otis is a very friendly boy, and he loves it, and he loves you. Thank God. I don't know <laughs> what I would do if Otis didn't love me. Hell yes. I approve. Okay, so, hey, I realize I haven't done this with you before. Uh... So this whole teleportation shit? Mm-hmm. It 
which sometimes gets a little wacky. Hey! You don't have to tell me about that. I know all about that. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Okay. Um, <laughs> Remember when I went missing for two whole days and a good chunk of a third? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we <gasps> Is this something you've discussed without me? No, remember when I teleported to LA oh, okay. in the very first session? <laughs> okay. So I, we're talking specifically about Roxanne's teleportation, which is its yeah, own no, thing no. and goes wacky in its own ways. No, but he's saying that he has experience with wacky teleportation. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, maybe close your eyes. All right. I close my eyes. Roxanne grabs... Grant, very hard by the wrist. And... Hey, I think this might be it my works. first good weird roll. <laughs> Damn it. 100% was going to have the comedy option if uh, if that was the choice. This would have been the comedy option this time. Uh, oh, I really wish it had gone worse. Oh. You'll have other opportunities. Okay. And this time, they do show up in the fucking living room. I assume you text ahead. Oh, yeah, no. I I, I text Magpie. But maybe not Emery. Magpie can tell Emery. Yeah, she can absolutely do that. So you two bip yourselves into the living room. Grant, this is your first time being teleported this way? Why does it feel like I went up a hill and then down really fast and so my stomach kind of just like whooshed at that thing where it just like goes up? Like when you're in an elevator and it like stops? Yeah. 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 Um, the answer to that is I have no fucking clue, Grant. Why do you think I know anything? It's your powers. You fool. You absolute dullard. Hello, friends. <laughs> Hi. Hello, friends. Hey, can I ask a favor? I need to go to the Deadlands. Th- this happens a lot. We just sort of assume that that's what's going to happen when you show up. Yeah, well, I mean, it's... At least when I show up, fingers get regrown. Wait, what the fuck? Yeah, I regrew Emery's fingers! Oh, y- yeah, you want to see? Uh, Yes. They're not, like, weird or anything. No! Emery doesn't have an extra finger, right? No! No! Uh, so they, they walk up and they show you their hand, and they mention Grant used a bunch of, like, chicken bones in the spell. Grant, you did not just give Emery chicken fingers. I did... It's... Okay. They do not have chicken fingers. No, no, I, okay, I don't, I don't, don't, don't have chicken fingers, but, but fucking smell this. And they hold their hand out to you. Bop. <laughs> Grant laughs. He was, he was keeping a perfectly straight face until then, and then he laughs. He's like, <laughs> moves over to give Emery a high five. <laughs> oh my god. You are not left hanging. This is for that King Arthur thing, isn't it? It's a lot funnier when it doesn't happen to me, Emery. Uh, I, I, I I got him with the same thing. Both of you are so precious. <laughs> it's almost like we're related or something. 
Unfortunately. <laughs> Listen, do you want me to fucking go to you to talk to your skeleton friends about the hole in the sky or not? I mean, I thought I was doing you a favor here. <laughs> Jeez. And do you know somebody else that can get into the fucking palace on without an invitation? I guess not. No, I mean, you could go ask them. Let's just go. Yeah, let's just go. <laughs> Magpie pops the door open for the two of you. I hope this doesn't take too long. I'm really sick of these headaches. You can make your way into the Deadlands, into the palace, into the throne room. <laughs> At least this time it's business. Yep, and we're actually going to say that there's five of them here today. Oh, that's odd. Is Osmond one of them? Osmond is one of them. It's good. All the ones you've met except for Arthur. All right. I was hoping that Osmond was here so that way I could do my dumb joke. So you've got Washington, Cleopatra, Montezuma, Catherine, and Osmond. Okay. Uh, I bow politely. Roxanne curtsies, and it's really good, as we've established. You're getting really good at that. (laughs) And let's say Cleopatra notices you all first and turns to you and says, The Harrison siblings, to what do we owe the pleasure? Um... I guess we are here on business today, in a sense. Um, we recently uh, went on a trip to northern, well, north of where we are usually, I guess, in California. And my brother saw something that I thought maybe some of you might be able to shed some light on and seemed relevant to uh I guess the Ravens work in California uh at that point Grant will actually pull out his phone and uh try and show them the picture that he took of uh of his paint of his painting and then remember that they are on like 30 foot tall thrones and then just be like oh uh you can't see that from up there can you oh shit um it was, it's like this big crack in the sky, and I saw one of your number, like, like fighting off a ton of dead things. When you say that you saw a crack in the sky, all five of them sit up super straight in their thrones. Okay, not creepy at all. <laughs> and they look at each other, and then look at very pointedly at you. Okay, still not creepy at all. And then Montezuma leaps out of his throne and lands directly in front of you. Hi. And asks, and how did you come to see this? I went to the desert and used my third eye and then the ghosts there showed me. He grabs you by the face and starts examining you. Okay, this is happening now, I guess. And he and then he asks, "Where did you get this power?" I mean, I'm a wizard. 
I think that's a standard th- wizard thing these days. Sh- humans should not have the sight that lets them see this way. Oh. Uh. Funny story. I she didn't lets go of your face. Okay. I didn't become. Thank you. I didn't become a wizard the traditional way. My powers were kind of. My, my potential was kind of garbage. So I may have borrowed some from Tarira. Uh, Catherine up on the throne fucking face palms. <laughs> Only a little bit. Grant, you can just say you stole it. It's cool. No, I'm borrowing it. It'll go back to her when I die. It's fine. It is not fine, young Grant Harrison. You have given yourself a vox and eye. Yeah, that's the second time I've heard that. I don't know what that is. That is the the third eye that you spoke of. That is a thing that humans are able to do. I was quite adept at it myself when I was alive. But the vox and eye is what happens when you take that and you fuse it with fey magic. Oh. And it gives you sight that humans should not have. It is dangerous. Okay. That explains a lot. It can grant you great insight if you use it correctly, but it also makes you extremely vulnerable, especially to others with the same trait. Oh. Okay. That... Good to know for the future, I guess. And apparently the magic of the Fae Queen gave you a Vox and I so powerful that you can see holes between dimensions. Yeah, and also this weird jellyfish thing. He has no idea what you're talking about. You can <laughs> read that on his face. <laughs> uh, I, I, I explain. Um, what you call it? What's his name? I forget. Harold. I forget. Harold. I explained about. I talk. I explained Harold to him. Montezuma looks back up at the throne where all the others are sitting and they all like look at each other and then they all turn back to you and he says none of us have any idea what you're talking about Grant maybe you should like tell them the other thing you told me oh yeah um also like I saw like a, a ton of ghosts when I did this down there because like you know it's just full of ghosts down there apparently uh and they told me about this thing called the great worm and it's pale rider montezuma looks thoughtful and uh cleopatra and washington actually hop off their thrones to stand level with you all and he like you know does that thing where he puts his hand up to his chin and strokes it uh with his thumb and he just I've I've never heard of that either. Yeah, I've tried looking into it. And he looks at the other sultans, and all of them shrug. Alright. Well, that solves nothing, then. Cool. I mean, it was worth a shot. It was It was worth a shot, and I do thank you all. I, for, I have forgotten my place. I, I'm sorry, I'm a bit of a smartass, so... Uh, 
Washington gives you this wry smile and kind of laughs to himself. And and he he actually does say, uh, nonetheless, it is good to know we all we have all wondered at the origins of that rift between your world and ours. Can I ask kind of a rude question? Well, never mind. You're probably going to say no if I say it like that. (laughs) (laughs) Cleopatra looks at you and then when you recant, she says, no, no, please. Okay. Um, so if there's just a hole, um, if there's just a hole between here and there, permanently open, somebody's always there. Who is the somebody that's already there then? Because I asked Grant and Grant couldn't figure it out. Yeah, I, I, I tried doing research. I found too many possibilities. There, there are actually three cracks. The one that sits open in your desert is guarded by Sultan Jimu. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, well, thank you for that, for volunteering that information. Well, thank you for answering my question, I guess. It was more to sate my own curiosity than anything, uh, important. It isn't, it isn't some great secret, Roxanne. We just so rarely have cause to talk about it. Fair enough. Should, should I be worried about Grant's eye thing? You should be extremely worried about that eye. And I'm sorry, Grant's just looking at Washington like he really wants to ask a question that is not related to anything going on. Washington's a smart enough guy that he can read your face and he just sort of nods at you. Alright, okay. I'm sorry, I have to ask. I once read a story where during one battle, you rushed in and then when you came back, your clothes were full of bullet holes, but you didn't have a single wound on you. What the hell happened? And yes, that is an actual real thing that happened with Washington. He should have had bullet wounds in some of those places that the clothes should have been, but he had no wounds. I forget which battle it was. See, I just, I told all my friends that I just stole someone else's clothes. But, of course, you don't get to be in the position I'm in now without without having a little bit of power to you. I knew it. I As soon as I became a wizard, I knew it. Let's just say I've always been a little more in tune with the etheric side of Earth than most other people. All right. Yes, thank you. That was bugging me. So thank you. Anyway, we can continue with on with the business now. <laughs> <sighs> I like this one, everybody. <laughs> Washington Sama likes me. He's incredibly stupid. (laughs) But he asks fun questions. We finally found it, Grant. Somebody actually likes you. It's about time. (laughs) By the way, that was in character. I know, yeah. The hay so was the hay. (laughs) Well, that answered and asked a lot more questions than I was hoping it would, but I guess I mean, if 
that's that's more information than we had before. So yeah, I mean, like, if the Sultans of the Deathlands don't know, then maybe like maybe it's not even true. Maybe the ghosts were lying to you. That, or it's older than the Sultans. As we've said, that that crack predates all of us. Well, that's worrying. Yeah. I've watched enough Buffy the Vampire Slayer to understand how this goes. (laughs) They all look at each other and say, none of us have ever watched any Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's a bad TV show made by a man who has no idea how to write women. Look, Grant, can I just enjoy one thing? I know it. I know it's bad, but can I just enjoy it? Look, as long as you acknowledge that it's bad, that's fine by me. You can enjoy bad things. I enjoy bad things. Wait, shit. Maybe we should, like, argue about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, not in front of the Deadland Sultans. I'm pretty sure Washington is at least entertained. <laughs> I mean, he's he still in Washington. He, Excuse me. He is extremely entertained. Fuck. <laughs> okay, I don't know. So, yeah. Uh, thank you for your time. And now, uh, Sultan Osman, I do have a request for you. I noticed you had a... He, he's, he's, he's still up on his throne. Yeah. I'm looking up at him. Yeah. Um, and he will leap off his throne to come down to ground level and once he does fucking Catherine is up there by herself so she'll just roll her eyes and come down too <laughs> but hers isn't like this this great leap like all the others have been she just sort of floats down almost daintily ah like Mary like uh, Alice in Wonderland right about yeah um so I go so Sultan Osman I noticed you have a real cool sword and I'd like to know if you want to trade with mine mine shrinks and grows and then I just pull this I just pull the sword off my thing and I make it grow eh eh Roxian puts her head in her hands <laughs> <laughs> so um so Sultan Osman has this you know I I did describe him before as he's got this big old beard and mustache and he mm-hmm. actually strokes his mustache like like he's thinking <laughs> Oh my god and then he holds his hand out to to ask for the sword Yeah I hand it to him mm-hmm. and he he takes it and he looks it over and he tests the swing uh, like does that thing where you check the edge on it by sort of thumbing the blade although that doesn't really work because he doesn't have a whole lot of flesh on his hands <laughs> uh, but then he like like lays the sword out lengthwise in his in his hand so it's just laying and you can you see this these like the shimmers of power Mm-hmm. shimmers of magic just sort of like ripple across it and then he cocks his head a little and then holds it back out to you and says oh it would be a crime to take this from you alright if you're sure and then I take it and he he can tell I was just joking that there was no way I was going to be like genuinely it's, it's just 
expect this actual trade to go for, you know, a, a magical, if a impressive magical sword compared to, like, an actual, like, fucking relic that can split the earth. <laughs> uh, he actually, like, when, when you take it back and go, all right, if you're sure, he actually, like, takes a slightly more serious stance and says, Oh, my boy, if you knew what was in that sword, you wouldn't trade it for the world. Oh. I mean, I actually wouldn't trade it for the world. A very important man in my life gave this to me, so I wouldn't disrespect his wishes to pass it on to the uh, the next person that I train for that. for that. So, but I mean... Thank you for playing along with this. He nods at you. There's a terrifying thought. And a teacher. What? That out? <laughs> but yeah, I take the sword back, make it shrink, and slip it back to the uh, to the spot where it lives on my vest. And if none of you have anything else to say, you can dismiss yourselves. Oh, uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done goofing around. Oh, thank you. Ah, <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you all for your help. Uh, I'm sorry about my brother. What? I was perfectly respectful, and I bow again. Good, I'm gonna kick your ass. Uh, as you uh, turn to go, Cleopatra says, "Actually, if we could make a request of you." Is it to stop bringing people here? I can totally do that. <laughs> no, no. It's so dreadfully boring here. It's your your company is much appreciated. But you know, this this is something far more serious. Don't tell anybody about the hole in the sky. I imagine it wouldn't do you much good to do that anyways, but you have our permission to do so, because any information that you can find out about it, we would like you to relate to us. Okay. All right. Yeah. Guarding not only that crack between worlds, but the other two, it demands our attention so thoroughly. Two of our members are always absent having to guard them. And the third, we can only spare to change out, but they too are always absent. Sultan Arthur is out guarding the third now. Oh, I was wondering where he had gone. Yeah, I figured, like, it was something like that. God, I hope those dogs are okay. They're probably fine. Grant, they're such good dogs, though. They are. No, um... I'm sorry. If we... Anything we find out, I'll make sure to let you know. I I wouldn't say that I'm the most informed person on these subjects, but anything I know is yours to know. They all nod at you. Yeah, I'll... Uh, any information I find, I will end up passing along to her so that she can pass it along to you. Oh! And they all nod at you. One... I just thought of something... This is... Oh, uh... One last thing. One last thing. <laughs> no! No, I'm the gumshoe, not you! Look. 
<laughs> this is that mm. was actually that actually was one of the uh, one of the classes I was considering taking when I had to do another class change was the gumshoe. No, Roxanne's too stupid to know things. <laughs> um, do you know anything about a fisherman with an ivory pole? Uh, a bunch of them cock their heads and then look at each other and then turn back to you and was this do you believe this to be one of ours god i hope so it's a little terrifying to think it's something else (laughs) well if you met it up at the desert and it is one of ours then i'm afraid you would have to go ask sultan jimu but he is busy quite occupied yeah he's he's a little busy Fair enough. Okay. It was worth a shot. Thank you for your time. And they nod to you, and I presume you all throw bows and curtsies back. Yep. And make your way back to the safe house. I want you to know, it took all of my strength not to start singing that Washington song. That is both in and out of character. <laughs> What? Have you never heard the real Brad Neely no. song about George Washington? No. I'm afraid not. Uh, I'll make sure to link it after this is done. All right. Still, completely in character st- statement. <laughs> Grant has no idea what you're talking about. Of course you don't know what I'm talking about. So, you get back to the safe house. Magpie closes the door. We found out something. Th- yeah, that crack's been there longer than any of the sultans. It's a very old crack. Oh, well, that's... I mean, it's not nothing. No? I suppose if it's... Hmm. I guess it gives you, like, it, it narrows the range of dates you have to look over. If there's any chance it could be something that was recorded historically. I mean, unless the Native American tribes that were around here wrote their history down, or someone passed it orally and then that person wrote it down, very much doubt it, because Cleopatra was born in 69 BC. Nice. 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 And then Emery from in the kitchen says, Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, missing this incredible content. Fucking livid that he missed that. For some reason, uh, Steiner just has the urge to text nice in the group chat, and he has no idea why. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Grant's got weird fucked up eyes. Uh, Everything's old. Yeah, uh, I have a Voxen eye. That too. That that that's a thing that uh, that I learned. I heard it before, but like I didn't get it. Apparently, it's what happens when you mix a third eye with fey magic, which y'all know that deal, so you know how I got that. What you say the words fox and eye, magpie's eyebrows shoot up into her hair. Magpie, share with the class. 
No, I just know what that is, and I didn't know you had it. Now I'm very worried for you. Thank you. I'm very worried for me, too. Everybody's talking like my brother's got wizard cancer. <laughs> is, this, is it wizard cancer? Oh, no. There's, it's not It's not cancer. It's just... Look, they don't show up too, too often, because most humans don't get access to, like, proper fey magic like that. But when they do, it's... They always lead, they always wind up leading a hard life. Bad stuff happens to them. A lot. Well, I mean, that's my life in a nutshell at the moment. So he's like Wizard Superman, then. No, no, sorry. I need to come up with a lamer superhero to talk about. He doesn't... He doesn't no, no. I, actually, that is that is a pretty big insult to me. Superman's pretty okay, lame. Okay, so he's like, he's like Wizard Superman, then. Thank you. That's, that's the appropriate... Yeah. Well... Shoot. There's no way to undo that, either. Cool. Cool. Not without purging the fey magic. And even then, I don't know if that'll work. Yeah, and that would also, like, get rid of, you know, a good 50% of my power. I'd be pretty useless as a wizard. Even more useless than I already am. I don't know that I'd call you useless. I'm a pretty shitty wizard. Have you seen me? I use a sword. I'm a pretty shitty wizard. Or maybe you're just a really cool wizard. What the hell am I doing? Stop making me want to. Stop making Wait, me want to compliment you. Oh, you complimented me. That I'm writing this day down in the history books. Yeah, go tell mom to write it in your diary. <laughs> it's called a journal when a boy writes it. Thank you. Emery walks out of the kitchen, toweling off their <laughs> hands, and says, "You two are adorable." Excuse you. I'm adorable. He sucks. I couldn't come up with anything good. <laughs> Much is obvious. Shut up, Grant. So, Steiner. Yes? Uh, sometime in the third week of April, after a long day of classes, you go back to your office, and there's another 3x5 card with a an address and time on it on your desk. Lovely. All right. I head there at the appointed date and time. It's it's the same park as it was last time, and he doesn't have a chessboard this time, but Victor is sitting on a bench, and he waves at you when he sees you. Well, hello, Victor. The arm not working out? Uh, we made a leg with it, and it's actually working out perfectly. I don't say anything about it. Just kind of like, just kind of look at him weird. I'm not sure if he's mocking me or not. Uh, you you know him better than that. He doesn't do that kind of thing. Like Steiner knows him. I don't know him. <laughs> so he says, "Okay, so I don't want to take up too much of your time. I've 
we got this, we got a hold of this thing. And he reaches into a little satchel he's got by his hip and he pulls out it's the it's a 20 sided object it's it's looks like a d20 but well it's it looks like a d20 it's about the size of a tennis ball and it's black and it has a bunch of uh like know exactly what you're talking about uh, it's i'm i i don't know what i'm talking about then i'm i'm making this up wholesale is it one of those little fucking things they find in Roman sites that has like the holes in it? No. Uh, one of, oh, okay. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, now I have to find this. Yes, it's it's a it's a dodecahedron. It's about the size of a tennis ball. It's black and it has a bunch of angular blue lines running across all of its faces and occasionally they just sort of like gently transition to white and then gently transition back to blue and he says so we got we got a hold of this and we have no idea what it is i'm gonna ask you out of character is this some feywild bullshit it is not gonna be some feywild bullshit okay where did you even get this? This looks like nothing I've ever seen before. Where did you even get this? How many details do you want? Well, I suppose you're not going to give me many, but... I'll give you as many as you want. Um, alright, um... The short version is that we found it in a vault in some rich guy's mansion. But it was like... It was one of the it was a bigger and better vault than we'd ever seen. We've been hmm. we have been preparing to get into it since you and I last spoke. You've been uh, busy, I see. Wonderful. Um, it's it's and he's like he's looking at it and turning it over in his hands, and he says that it it doesn't have any seams, it doesn't have any ports, any divots. It's perfectly smooth on all the faces. But there's obviously some sort of internal mechanism because the lights keep changing color. We just, we can't figure it out. Victor, what do you even want me to do with this thing? Well, I was hoping I could give it to you and you could figure it out and then just let me know. You have no idea what this, this could be a bomb for all we know. I don't think that, uh, I don't think a rich guy would keep a bomb in his house. Who'd be surprised? I can tell you it's not sending out any Wi-Fi signals as far as we could tell. We scanned it in every way we could think to. Radio waves, any kind of radiation? Um, Not that we could detect. It's very peculiar. It's clearly doing something. Is there a pattern to the... Have you... Is there a pattern to the changing faces at all? Does it... Does it go... Is it... Does it cycle? Is it random? Yeah, it's it's the the like pulsing of the light. Is that what you're asking for? Yeah, it's it's completely even. What what does that mean? So like the the whole thing at the same time changes to white, and then the whole thing at the same time changes back to blue. Oh, I thought you were. I thought like individual faces were turning to white and no, back. And, no, okay. it's there's there's lines running across it. Okay, so the lines all turn at once. 
Yeah. So, okay, let me rephrase that then. Does it change like this at set intervals, or is it random, or does it... It's, it seems to be every couple of seconds it changes, but outside of that, there's there doesn't seem to be any sort of pattern. Well, I can take a crack at it. I do like a good puzzle on occasion. I would appreciate it. Um, how do I contact you to tell you when I have either oh, given up right. or... Of course, of course. He reaches into his pocket and he pulls out just a, a little... It's the size of a business card and it's got a phone number written on it. Okay. That's sufficient. Um, I will take my best shot at it. Like, I want to say, like, this point, Cider is also just, like, very curious about this thing as well. Like, even if he was not being blackmailed, essentially, he would be like, okay, I gotta figure out what the hell this is. That was the idea. Alright. So I want to do my own screenings before I take it back into my lab, since I now have a child in there. <laughs> Alright. Uh, so what are you trying to do? I'm just trying to pull just like any kind of like, is it completely inert? Is it giving anything at all off other than light? Uh, there's no there's no sound. Uh, it's the surface of it is always at room temperature. Creepy. How is that creepy? It's just it's not it's not generating heat. Yeah, but it's not it should be absorbing heat at least. If it's not changing temperature at all, that's what the hell? I by that I mean the temperature of whatever room you're in. So like if I hold it it will heat up for my body heat, yeah. but it's not yes. generating it's okay. Correct, correct, correct. Alright. Okay, well I guess I'll just kind of hold my breath and take it in the lab. Just like, please do not explode my hand when I cross the threshold. It doesn't. Excellent. Some days that's all you can hope for. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm going to assume Gregory, like, at some point, is this point is like greeting me when I come in. Yeah, yeah. As you walk in and they say, Welcome back, Edwin. How was your day? It's interesting, to say the least. Here's, here's a little puzzle for both of us. This is something I have never seen before, and I doubt the... Well, you've never... I know for a fact you've never seen this anything like this before. Oh. Um, here, let me... And I put it on the... Uh, I take it down here and... Yes... And put it through, oh god, whatever systems I have to analyze stuff. Mm-hmm. So you, you subject it to a battery of tests, and nothing turns up until you put it through, like, the, the most high-end imaging uh, system that you've got. Okay, what is it, how does it react? You basically, like, put it on a scanner, and you just take the most powerful image you can take of it. It doesn't do anything, but after the scan finishes, Gregory says... <clears throat> that is strange. Well, what is strange? I didn't... I didn't notice any change. What happened? It is... 
covered in seams. They are all one angstrom wide. Could you turn it to another face for me to scan? That's some impressive manufacturing. Uh, yes, yes, here. You scan it through a couple faces, and this continues. This continues to be the case. All of the sides have. It, it's just a network of impossibly tiny seams all over this thing. And then on, let's say, the fifth face, uh, Gregory says, Oh, that might be something. There is a seam that is circular. It is approximately the diameter of a sewing needle. It might be a button. Hmm... Um, let's not press that just yet. Am I right in assuming that this thing's the seams are so small on there that they're only being held together by basically electron attraction? It's that might be the case. It might also just be impossibly well manufactured and is held together uh, by a something internal, something hmm. mechanical. All right, so there's like a possible button on here on this strange object um before i before we press this i want to basically build any kind of containment i can like even like a little like little i don't know um isolation chamber just like something in case this thing because i still really do not want this thing to blow up in my yeah. lab <laughs> still convinced it is a bomb well it it doesn't have to be an explodey bomb. It could be an information bomb. It could. There's many kinds of yeah. bombs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Build build an isolation chamber for it. I understand. It's just like a, it's like, it's just like a blast shield, just in case. I mean, I imagine I have a blast shield already, but set that up. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So you can set that up. That's not a problem. Right. Safety first. Let's crack this egg. You get a little drone in there with a sewing needle to push the button. Yeah. And when you do, one of the corners pops up about an eighth of an inch. And Gregory says, That is not what I expected. I don't know what I expected. Um, Let's get a camera on that. Let's like, send in a little droid with a camera. Or just, like, have a little mounted camera or something, just so long as I can just get some sort of image there. Yeah. Uh, so the the corner has popped out about an eighth of an inch. It seems to be resting on some sort of... It's, it's resting on a shaft. And when you get the corner, the camera in close, there are numbers etched into the shaft, uh, just going in a straight line around the diameter. And... They're, like, micrometers big. Okay. So you gotta... Get, uh, just, like, fucking enhance this bullshit. Um, so the numbers match the string that Siren Head was saying as he died. Not... It's just, like, a one through X, however much it would count up to. Okay, so it's just counting. Oh, hmm. Uh, what do you make of that? I... Is it 
Edwin, is this a combination block? Has someone given you a puzzle box, Edwin? You know, uh... That looks like it's the case, but, um... I'm trying to think if Dr. Steiner is a man who has seen Hellraiser. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> hmm... Grant 100% is the kind of person who has seen Hellraiser, but I don't know about Edwin. Yeah, I don't know. I probably have enough information from cultural osmosis, but I've never directly seen it is what I'm going to decide. Sure. Um, I mean, same IRL. Same, actually, IRL. Generally, generally, if someone gives you a puzzle, they want you to solve it, but for what? to what end? I suppose that will become clear if we open it properly. Puzzle boxes typically have a prize of some sort inside, from my understanding. Hmm. Well, I've got nothing better to do today. Um, yeah, let's try entering... Where we even enter the combination? So, solving the puzzle box takes several days to accomplish because all of the different facets of it are incredibly high-end and complicated. Okay, so we're just wiping because you didn't write anything out beyond... No, I, the little... no, I did. Oh, did you? Yeah, it's just... If, if we gotta walk through this step-by-step, step, we'll be here for an hour. Alright. But I, there, I can narrate a montage... Because I did plan a lot of this. Do you think? Uh, so, the the popped out corner functions like uh, just you know one of those regular like tumbler based bicycle locks where you got to turn it in one direction to a number, turn it back to the to another direction, and turn it in the other direction. Mm. Uh, but there's no indication anywhere of what the combination would be, and. Eventually, you wind up having to build a device that can hear things at the, like, in the nanodecibel range, and you are able to hear the clicking of the tumblers. And the voice of God. <laughs> the voice of God says, stop masturbating. It's <laughs> gross. So then once you get the combination correct, a slot opens on the side, and there's a USB port, and a Eventually, you plug it into another isolated computer, and there's a hacked version of Tetris Grandmaster loaded on there. And Gregory has to fight, has to play a game with a, a nonsense Tetris AI, and it lasts for like a day and a half. Okay, okay. I just have to ask. Which version of Grandmaster? One, two, or three? Which is the best one? Three. <laughs> then yes. <laughs> three is the one where you have to get... Where you have to um, fight invisible Tetris blocks while a randomized credit scene plays after you beat it. And that's the best one. Yes! Because it's amazingly awful. <laughs> this has been Tetris Thoughts with Colin. We now return to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, after Gregory manages to beat this Tetris AI, a another slot opens up on another face, and uh, you 
analyze the inside of it, and it's covered in pressure sensors, and you you figure out that you have to like press them all exactly perfectly, and you eventually have to manufacture a weirdly shaped block that is dimensionally correct down to the micrometer. This is... This... Who would have the... Well, besides us, apparently, who would have the capability to solve this? So you do solve all the puzzles, and they all require that level of uh, technology in order to solve them. Eventually, you you solve a puzzle on all of the faces and several of the corners, and then, at long last, the entire object unfolds, and there is something sitting in the center of it. It's, it's, it's a jelly bean. Just be... <laughs> no, no. It's some sort of mechanical device, and it is just, like, spinning lazily. Okay. Uh, Can you give me any more description other than it's the device and spinning? It's a small cube, and there's a cylinder inside of it, and the cylinder is kind of hollow, and there's, like, small spheres inside and it is just spinning. The cylinder is spinning. It really is a hell cube. Yes. And it's it's not doing anything besides that. And when you analyze it, you realize that it's not there's no power source to it. Um how is that hmm well This is a hell of a prize in this cracker jack box. How could it? This is powering the rest of the device, but nothing is powering it. The prize is another puzzle. Hooray. Uh, hmm. This is a generator. Is. With a generator no. That- Material no. components, no fuel. See how much power this thing can put out. And by that, I do want to like hook it up to. S- I I don't even know how I'd begin to hook it up to something. Actually, how was it hooked up to this box? Or not box, but there are cables hooked up to the sort of cube superstructure that the sp- spinning cylinder is inside of. Okay, so there's the definitive hardware port. Mm-hmm. Instead of just more magic. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's put this thing up to a reader and see how much power it can emit. Yeah, it's a pretty small amount. It seems to be just enough to power the device that it's stored inside of. Okay. Let's see. Theoretically, so how about the, how about hey, how big is this cube? Like inch? What are we looking at here? It's about two and a half inch diameter on the greater superstructure. So let's say like one and an eighth inches. Exactly. Like you could hook it up. You you could take a micrometer to it and it is exactly one and one eighth inches on a side. In theory, I suppose you could scale this up and power large objects. Um, Where are the... 
the numbers that were on this, were they Arabic numerals or? Yes. Okay. So I, I do want to emphasize the cylinder continues to spin with no power source. So this, okay, here's my, like, here are my me ape thoughts. Uh-huh. The ink, what I get from this is this was like some sort of, like, fucking alien gift that they, hey, if they can fucking solve this, then they can have it. <laughs> I'm sorry, but this is human, this, this was made by people. All right. Uh, it was like a test. That would been all right. Um, trying to think of who or even what organizations in even in, in in the world would have the manufacturing capability to do something like even just make this box, let alone this tiny generator. Has anybody published any papers on manufacturing this fine? Um, or on a my... device that powers itself? Off the top of my head, I don't recall any, but let's, um, let's find out. You'll have to set up some kind of external internet connection. Yeah. Okay, stay in the yard. Stay in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the ultimate answer is no. There's been nothing published about manufacturing with a one angstrom tolerance. Alright, so this is pretty secret tech. This is high-end manufacturing. This is not... I don't think I could do this. But could anyone besides you open it? I think there are a few people, yes, but... So... So, if if I understand the situation properly, we have what may be a perpetual motion device inside an impossibly manufactured puzzle box. Where did you get this, Edmund? Well... An old colleague, Victor, said he retrieved it from a vault occupied by, owned by a very rich person. I'm going to assume that they didn't know what they had. Well, if they did, they had no way of opening it. So, a device that only... You or someone very much like you would be able to open containing unpublished super technology just fell into your colleague's hands? Yes. If I believed in coincidences, I would say this is a hell of a coincidence. Was this meant for you? Someone very much like me, yes. Hmm. What did they want me to do with it? I scaled this up? Uh, hmm. 
Do I release it into the world free as is? No one would believe it unless they built it themselves, and I don't think they have the capability to build it themselves. I don't know if I can build it myself. There's more and more questions. I'm sorry, but I have no answers. Yes, that's story of life, isn't it? Mm. Let's hold off on contacting Victor for a little bit. I want to prod at this a little more. If nothing else, it would be a terrible waste to not document this technology properly. Yes. Um, actually, I want to try to... I want to try to recreate some, recreate this little thing. See how close I can get. Okay. Um, that sounds like it would require a roll. Yep. It's roll weird. That's a 12. That is a 12. Goodness gracious. Okay. Um, now, I'm not just going to, like, hand it to you. No, no, I... I- you so you are able to like properly document it if nothing else but unless you are willing to actually dismantle it you're not going to be able to like figure out how the internal mechanisms of the generator actually work hmm Okay, so now we're in kind of a letter of the law spirit of the law situation because Victor didn't say anything about poking around on it in the inside once I got it. Even It's implied that he wanted whatever was in there, but he didn't say anything about taking it apart. Yeah, he, he... I mean, what he said was that he just wanted you to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But it's very much implied, open this and give me what's inside. Yeah, kinda. Alright. But the very real risk is that if I take this thing apart, I will never be able to properly put it back together. I mean, that's the risk with any puzzle box. Do I take it apart and figure this thing out, or and and then risk not being able to put it together, and then Victor is pissed at me? Or do I just hand it over to him while trying to document as much as I can externally? And just hand this thing over to who is person who is very definitely an asshole. Hmm. Has Victor really struck you as an asshole? Well, not an asshole, but he strikes me as a person who probably shouldn't have perpetual motion devices. That might be fair. Again really who should have this shit uh apparently me since I opened it you have been judged worthy okay lock back up throw into the pacific to say oops I lost it <laughs> like this is like inside was a circus peanut <laughs> enjoy it's a puzzle box and in the middle of it was this immaculately sculpted figurine of a hand flipping me the bird. I don't understand. (laughs) Wait. Actually, I have an idea. Uh Uh-huh. Victor has absolutely no idea what was said it was something that he doesn't even know if there's anything in it is the thing. That's correct. 
he doesn't know it's a puzzle box. He wasn't able to detect any of the seams. He wasn't even able to get to step one. All right. See, I could just straight lie to him about... Okay. He'll expect something because it's been a while. And he knows that I could probably figure this out. So I'm going to tell him it's a puzzle box, but I don't have to give him the perpetual motion device. What I want to do is I want to take a little piece of golem tech that would be all but useless on its own. Enough! I want to give him enough of a carrot that he gets off my back here. That's a bad metaphor, but you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. Something that's enticing, but will not be super helpful for him. Yeah. Alright, so let's do that. Okay. So what exactly would you like to give him? Uh, it's just... Well, it'd have to be small enough that it would fit in there. Um... Sure. So I guess, like, just a shard of golem tech that he could maybe get something out of there? I mean, it's like this... Like, if he poked his nose on this, it's like, this is clearly something very new and different, so it'd be like, alright, that's interesting enough that they'd lock it up in a puzzle box, but it's also not gonna be useful enough that he'd be able to make, like, a ray gun like I did. Yeah, he's he's not gonna turn around and start making golems out of it. Right. So just enticing enough that he obviously recognizes as something new and different that he's never seen before, but it's also not useful enough. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to put that in there and then give him instructions on how to take it apart. I want to put it, put the little piece in there and then rebuild the puzzle box and write down detailed instructions and say, here you go. The, I guess the, the one thing is that if you take the engine out, oh, right. yeah, the gee. lights on the outside won't be powered. All right. Well, all right. I was just kind of, that was just kind of to be a dick, but. But you could build a piece of golem tech that could pull magical energy out of the air, convert it to electricity. That's a little bit more than I want to give him, though. Sure. I mean, I just, I mostly wanted to put the box together just to be a dick to him. But, uh. I really don't want to give him the ability from nothing, which is kind of the whole point of this. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. I get that. Alright, so yeah, I just... I mean, he might not have the ability to solve the box if you close it. Even if you tell him how it's done. Yeah, that's fair. It would have been a pretty funny goof, though. Alright, yeah, so I'll just take the solved puzzle box and the piece of golem tech that I... Yeah. Yeah. So I give I contact him and let him know, hey, I opened the thing. Mm-hmm. Or I solved the thing. It was a little box. And he, the two of you schedule a day and time to meet back up. Mm-hmm. And you do. So, um, it took me quite a while to puzzle this out because this is some advanced. This impressive stuff, honestly. Um, and this is what was inside. Um, to be honest, this is not anything I have ever seen before. I 
it's not it's it's some kind of technology but not like it's not our technology so he he takes the I guess this is just going to be like a little bit of metal that has a circle pressed into it wanted to be able to do at least something I don't know maybe it can maybe it lights up or something yeah, something sure. to show that this is not just a piece of metal with stuff on it. Yeah. So he takes it and looks it over and uh, he says, huh. Yes. This is bizarre. I don't know what to make of it. It's not... It's a, The puzzle box had another puzzle in it. Whoa. Huh, wonderful. And he's looking he's looking over the gold, the bit of golem tech curiously and then he looks sad like genuinely sad for a moment he says alex would have gone crazy over this well, what do you mean would have and he looks up at you and he still looks sad and he said about about a year and a half ago we found him in his room he died of a heart attack Jeez. Yeah. So it's craziest thing is he was fit. He was working out. He was fine. When he's just one day he's dead in his bed. Did you do and did, did you have any sort of autopsy done? We took him to a proper coroner. It, as near as we can tell, he just died of a heart attack in his sleep. I. I don't try. I don't buy that. That sounds callous to say, but I don't buy that. I can get you the autopsy report if you would like, but <sighs> it just—that's—that's that's what we got. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I guess you can just human body is fragile, but Alex was always fit and healthy. Yeah, he shakes and his I'm, head sadly. I'm sorry, I genuinely am. I just... Hmm. Was there a funeral? It was small and quiet. Hmm. If you don't mind, I'd like to... I'd like to pay my respects at some point. Do you have the... Could you uh, give me the information on where to... Sure, just uh, give me a moment. And he pulls out his phone and does some quick Googling and then pulls out a little note card out of his pocket and writes down an address. It's a small graveyard in a couple states over. Uh, thank you. Um, part of me always expected Alice to, Alex to outlive all of us. Yes, well... This is like you said, human body... The human body does weird things sometimes and you just lose people. Mm. <sighs> well, thanks for, um, thanks for solving this for us. It was, it was genuinely kind of fun. Uh, don't bring me any more. I will do my level best. If you figure out what the hell that little piece of metal is, let me know. I do want to know that, though. Will do. And then he'll pack up the solved box and he'll pack up the golem piece 
And then he he will actually stand and offer his hand to shake yours. Okay, I shake his hand. Okay. Yeah. And then he'll leave. Huh. Alex. As soon as everybody's ready to go, we can do this last thing. All right. Yeah, let's do it. I'm real excited about this one. I'm ready. I don't know. It's going to be kind of hard to beat uh, Leap Your Party. <laughs> well, Chloe. Yes. <laughs> so, on <laughs> April 25th, you all get a message in the group chat from Emery saying, hey, this isn't a religious household, but we like to celebrate Easter anyways, because ham. So we are having a not Easter party tomorrow, and we would like it if you all could show up. But there will be ham. There will be very much ham. Yes. A Wester party. All right. A hamster party. <laughs> that text back sounds fun. Uh, Grant text back. I'm, I'm in, I'm into this whole hog. You had me at ham. So you had me at hamlow. <laughs> hamlow homos. <laughs> Follow up text states that any food that you all would like to bring over would be welcome, but not required. Steiner barely functions, so he's just going to get a nice bottle of wine. He barely functions as a human being. Uh, Grant will make his famous mashed potatoes. You fucking joke, but Steiner has an AI and access to a perpetual motion device now. Yeah, I know. Grant doesn't know that. <laughs> God. No, Roxanne probably can't, can't, doesn't make anything. Honestly. That's fair. Okay. So yeah, you all arrive, uh, you know, in whatever order you arrive. I'll bring a couple nice bottles of wine because I just remembered that Magpie exists. Wow. What? Okay, you're gonna get the 10-year-old drunk. Got it. They're a gremlin. She's, she's a gremlin. mentally but she's, 10. She's also mentally and emotionally 10. That's how gremlins function. Uh, fine. She's still growing. You can't give her wine. <laughs> You don't want to turn her into a wine baby. The prequel to Wine Mom. Okay, and also, Grant brings over several different variations of his famous mashed potatoes, depending on how much people like lumps in their mashed potatoes. You're welcome. He went through the extra effort. <laughs> like a couple of bottles of wine, because this is going to be like, there's at least, there's at least four adults here, if we count Graham or Grant. Yeah, that's fair. No, I take it back. Roxanne does make something. She makes fucking deviled eggs because she knows how to cook eggs. <laughs> right you know, that was established uh, the other night that she knows how to make eggs. I mean, like getting getting hard boiled eggs to the state where you can devil them but not overcook them is a little bit tricky. Ah, oh, Roxanne has a skill. Nice. <laughs> I'm gonna put that in my character sheet too. Can make eggs. You want the yolks to be fully set, but if you get them too long, they will start to turn that nasty gray. 
So yeah, it's pretty precise. If you get them too short, they are still not completely set, which, while delicious, does not make for a good deviled egg. Yeah, my grandma makes deviled eggs all the time, so... So, the three of you show up in your own time and you present your dish. There are two honey-baked hams in the oven. They are slowly (laughs) cooking. One is just for magpie. The everybody else (laughs) ham. (laughs) One is just for magpie, yes. She's gonna do the cartoon thing where she just sticks the whole ham in her mouth and pulls out a bone. That's a big damn oven. Is it one of those double ovens? Yes. Okay. If any of you make the sarcastic comment, what is just one of these for magpie, she'll put her hands on her hips and says, yeah, what about it? (laughs) I don't no, like, it makes sense to me. Grant would not say that out loud. It's Like, inside, he's thinking, oh, yeah, two hams, one's from Agba. Yeah, makes sense. I wish I could eat an entire ham. Well, you can. You will probably just die. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, um, that's actually, uh, we federally mandated that's now on the list of execution methods. <laughs> <laughs> you can choose uh, lethal injection, uh, gas, and ham. <laughs> Wait, ham? He chose ham! Bring out the ham! (laughs) Coffee? Tea? Monster? Monster? You asked for it! Spiders? She was already pouring on the top of spiders. See, that joke works better, Colin, if there weren't a drink called Monster. I know, it didn't exist back then. Die by Monster. The uh, colloquially known as the Norman Reedus. It only takes two. <laughs> I thought it took like five. No, right, you're thinking of five hour in, energy. In. Because okay. then you have 26 hours of energy and you just explode. <laughs> Wait, no, 30 hours. Alright, anyway. Yep. Bring it in, bring it in. Okay, right. so. Did you turn into a ska band for a second? <laughs> bring it in, bring it in, bring it in. <laughs> Uh, so Emery is cooking up a, sco- a storm. Grant, you brought mashed potatoes, but they are making scalloped potatoes as well. Okay, that's fair. Uh, and then just, you know, green beans and asparagus and all that good stuff. Partway through all the cooking, and they've they've still got their hands in the food, there is a polite but firm knock at the front door. And Emery says, could someone get that? Preferably sure. someone who's taller than four feet. Yeah, sure. I'll get it. I was already going for the front door. She <laughs> turns around and goes, oh. Grant answers the door. Roxanne lets him answer the door, but still looks over his shoulder. <laughs> Are you actually there? Everybody does the dinosaur. What? what? Are, you, is, are you actually saying are you, you're over his shoulder? Yes. Okay. So, Grant, you open the door. There's there's a woman out there, and she is dressed in a very government way. She's got the, the like, white button-up, black jacket, black slacks, uh, sort of business shoes, sort of look going on. Her, her hair is pulled back super tight. And she's got one of those holsters that lets you put your gun by your rib cage mm-hmm. and 
it's a very large handgun, by which I mean it it's it looks like she walked into a gun store and says, I would like to hunt elephants with a handgun, please. As you do. Is, does she look familiar? Does she look she like looks I saw distressingly familiar to you? It's when a crop And she sees you recognize her. She she can read it on your face. And she reaches inside of her jacket and she pulls out a badge and she says, Lindsay Harrison? Oh no, you know the real name, you know the legal first name. (laughs) (laughs) You know the legal first name, please. No, it's Grant. Understood. I'm Agent Ashley Arias with the Department of Homeland Environmental Acquisitions. I'm looking for Emery Parker. Are they in? Emery, the feds are here for you. You call that over your shoulder. You hear Emery (laughs) drop something. And you also hear Milo yowl and you hear, like, stomping up the stairs. (laughs) Dropped it on Milo. Poor Milo. No, Magpie. Oh. If if you look over your shoulder, Magpie is no longer oh. in the room. Oh, okay. Yes, that also makes sense. Did I hear her call him Lindsay? I don't know. Did you? <laughs> Did you? Can I? Let me see. Um, hold on. Oh God, is there even like a role I could do for that? Sharp. Sharp. Sure. Okay. Sharp. Eight. Okay, I got an eight. What do we call that? You, def- you definitely heard what sounded like a girl's name, but you can't. You didn't quite get it. Oh, that's even worse for Colin. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been better if I just gotten Lindsay. It would have been better if you just gotten Lindsay at that point, because now you're just forgetting forever. <laughs> so, uh, Emery is like paralyzed at the sink. They have a terrified look on their face and they aren't moving <sighs> okay I'm gonna call I'm gonna poke my head out from say it's like um are they cooking at the moment could you give them a second I'm willing to wait a second Steiner okay. you recognize this woman do I where do, okay I'm dumb where do I recognize her from you recognize her as the woman who wrangled Lunchbot. Oh, Jesus. Does she recognize me? Yes. Okay, great. Um, I'm going to pretend... I'm going to do my best not to be surprised when I see her, and then go talk to Amory. Okay. Alright. Well, I mean, I personally have no clue who this is. You also recognize her, Roxanne. Oh, God. Is it just... It's it's her girlfriend. No. <laughs> this is about the coffee, isn't it? Look, I said I'd pay for dry cleaning. This is not about the coffee, Miss Harrison. I wish it was about the coffee, though. Alright, so Steiner, you had wandered back to... Or you had gone back into the kitchen to Emery, who is paralyzed at the sink. Well, um... Not to make this worse, I've seen this woman before. Um. Okay, seems like everyone recognizes her. I'm assuming at this point, like, 
I we're hearing Roxanne talk about yeah. the coffee. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Are you, are you all right? This is this is bad. This 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 is so bad. Yes, it is. But standing here frozen isn't going to make it any better. Okay. Oh, oh, okay, okay. All right, listen. What okay. do I do? Breathe. What do I do? Breathe. If they were coming here to arrest us, they wouldn't have sent just one person. They are doing some sort of probe here. They want information. So let's give them a little information and hopefully they'll leave and then we can figure out where to go from there. Okay. Oh, 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 okay. Deep breaths, Emily, in, out. Just relax, relax. They splash some water on their face, dry their face off, dry their hands off, and come into the living room. I'll keep an eye on the food and make sure it doesn't burn. <laughs> sure. Uh, and they motion for the Harrisons to step aside and let her in. Yeah, I step aside. Roxanne... Yeah, Roxanne moves out of the way, but doesn't look happy about it. Grant... Grant is not keeping his eyes off of her. She steps in, and you can shut the door behind her or not. I will leave that up to you. Yeah, I'll shut the door. Okay. She steps into this sort of the middle of the living room and says... I'm not going to take up too much of all of your time. It seems like you've got some sort of meal here going, and I don't want to ruin your day. But I just, uh, I'm, I, I would like you all to know I'm here in a semi-official capacity. I've been recently assigned to work here in this region, and... Just wanted to drop in, let the local vigilante group know that we have the area under control now, and you can all back off. If you would like to continue work up in the desert, that's perfectly fine. And I, off the record, I would like that if you would all just stay up there and handle that. But... Officially, I need to ask you all to stop hunting and leave it to us. Chris doesn't say anything. He's just staring at her with his arms crossed. And Emery cards their hand through their hair for a minute and says, You, 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 you know that we can't do that, right? And she sort of, like, sighs and looks at the group and says, Unfortunately, I'm not legally allowed to give you all a choice. This is mandated. I don't... I don't like hurting civilians, much less killing them as is official department policy and I have a measure of control 
over what my new unit does. But if I attempt to force them to break policy one too many times, I will be reassigned. I can't have that. Yeah, you don't want to disappoint Daddy. She actually flinches when you say that, but does not otherwise react. Well, Mrs. Uh, what was Arius? Arius, yes, and Miss. We'll do our best to stay out of your way. I appreciate it, Doctor. She looks around the room at the Harrisons. Roxanne, you've been extremely quiet this whole time. (laughs) Roxanne is holding her tongue. Ooh. So she nods and says, Please see that you do. I hope this is the last time we ever speak to each other. She Mm. turns and makes her way towards the door and turns back and says, Oh, um... Please apologize on my behalf to the little one. I didn't mean to disturb your meals like this. Uh, we'll let her know. She nods at you, Steiner, and then nods at everybody else in the room. And then if none of you stop her from doing so, she will leave. I just want to know, does the car look familiar? Does the car look like we ran into it a couple weeks ago? No, it does not. Oh, okay. Never mind. Okay. Okay. I'm not gonna make any effort to stop her. I don't. I want her out of the house. As yeah. Quickly as I'm. Possible. I'm not making any effort to stop her either. Yeah. Roxanne. Roxanne's just gonna roll her eyes and just let her go. Yep. And she does. All right. I'm gonna. How is Emery doing? Uh, they are. Once Ashley is out of the house, they sort of like, they almost collapse. They catch themselves on the edge of the couch and like breathe deeply to try and collect themselves. All right. I, uh, I go up the stairs and I, when I'm at the top, I go, uh, magpie feds are gone. All right. Uh, you, you hear this very tiny, thank you. Hmm. And I head back downstairs. <laughs> all right. So, Emery, are you are you doing all right? Give, 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 give me a a a a, a minute. Okay. Do you want me to get you a glass of water or something? Please. Roxanne disappears into the kitchen to grab a glass of water. I guess. Right. <laughs> they wander over to one of the armchairs in the living room and flop down into it. And a couple minutes later, Magpie finds her way downstairs with Milo in her arms. I go over and I pet Milo a bit because I'm sure Milo was traumatized having to be hauled up the stairs like that. No, owning cats, if they, if they do not want to go upstairs, when you want to go upstairs with them in your arms, they don't like it. My... Magpie actually does have some scratches on her arms from an upset kitty. Yeah. Well, it could have gone a lot worse, I suppose. But it's not ideal. No. The slightest. No, it's not. Uh, at least she's not gung-ho running guns blazing. Yeehaw. 
there is that. Yeah, why use violence when threats will work? Oh no, threats aren't going to work. If anything, I'm going. If anything, if I hadn't already officially joined, I would have officially been joining right now. Oh yeah, I was very, very tempted to grab her arm and drop her off in the middle of the woods. I don't been, think that would have helped the situation any. It would have made me feel better. I don't. I don't think that would have helped the situation any. It would. Have, it would have been really funny. Um. Uh... Oh, did did you notice that she gave us the glorious, glorious permission to do the hard part of the job? Mm. Um, Emery, are you are you are you with us right now? I am present. Okay, because I, I I don't know how to cook, and I just I can only keep the stuff from burning. That's the extent of my ability. Oh, right, right. Of course. And they get up and they get back into the kitchen. You need some help, memory? Yes, please. All right, I go in there. I grab an apron. Roxanne, magpie, like, comes up to you and just sort of, like, leans into your legs. <sighs> Roxanne um. puts her hand on... I guess, like... Magpie's shoulder is sort of like a like a sort of reassuring gesture. Mm-hmm. Look. Don't worry about it. We'll get it handled, right? I guess. No, no, I guess. We'll get it handled. Okay. So it's a little bit early, but I don't think anyone's blame me if I go ahead and open up one of these yeah pour me a glass would you 100% no yeah like I say from inside the kitchen I'll be there when I'm done helping yeah uh, I I could use uh, a glass right coming up uh, Roxanne's gonna I guess look down at Magpie's arm and just go, Magpie, give me your hand for a second. Hmm. She does. And Roxanne's, even if it's the most minor thing possible, Roxanne's <laughs> still going to try to do lay on hands. Because I'm not going to let this little girl sit here with cuts on her arm. What did I roll? A nine. Uh, on a nine, you heal the harm or illness, but you take it onto yourself. Uh, good thing Roxanne is probably wearing long sleeves. Sure. Yeah, so you you can feel a bunch of cat scratches open up on your arms, but they are hidden from Magpie, and they close up on her. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. Uh, bring Emery, and I guess if... Grant wants one um, glass of wine. Yeah. Yep. Alcohol all around. So, um... What's that? Leslie? Lindsay? What's that? What's that uh, name? It's Lindsay, and I would prefer you just keep calling me Grant. Hmm. Huh? 
All right, Grant. Thank you. Technically, it's a gender-neutral name. I got all of this out of me really quick, okay? <laughs> I've known him my whole life. I, it's not even fun to it's not even fun to poke at it anymore. And besides, you know, there's some bears you just don't poke. <laughs> so, hmm. You know, the other day I accidentally made an AI. You know what? I believe that. Yeah. I believe that 100%. Oh, yeah, that's one, yeah, that's that's 100% you. Mm-hmm. That's pretty in character, yeah. <laughs> so, like, like, okay, is this like a Skynet thing we're going to have to worry about, or is this... Yeah, don't let it watch Terminator. I... Okay, so first of all, it, it decided it named itself Gregory, so... Gregory's a good name. Good phonetics. Sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I'm not letting it out of the lab, that's for certain, but so far, I like Gregory. I mean, that's a pretty good sign, right? Yes, uh, I can come talk to it. Uh, it feels unpersonal. I'm going to have to ask it its pronouns at some point, but you can come talk to it at some point, I suppose. I'm sure it would like to make Steiner, friends. you were going to have to stop me from trying to, from coming to talk to an actual real life AI. I hope you understand this. Uh, yes, I suppose that's I mean not just just for we can go afterwards, but stay here for dinner at least. Yeah, I'm not gonna pass up Emery's cooking. What kind of terrible oh, yeah. guest do you take me for? Yeah, and also, my famous mashed potatoes, there's bacon bits in them. Yeah. I don't even remember the last time Grant cooked something. I made you eggs the last time you came over to my house! Grant, eggs, making eggs isn't cooking! <laughs> You're right, eggs isn't cooking. Eggs isn't cooking. The definitive, <laughs> definitive answer from Mr. Harrison. <sighs> Does that feel like a good place to call it? Yes. Yeah. All right. Do we have any failed rolls? I know Grant failed a few last time. Did you level up? No, I didn't. Uh, you asked that last time, and I didn't know I'm back at, like, three, needing three to level up. Yeah, but I'm doing a proper outro now that we've got all three people here, Colin. Oh, uh, Okay. So I'm the only one who actually tried diplomacy there. What is up with that? <laughs> Grant hates the government. God. Roxanne hates boys, which generally just extends to the government. <laughs> the government, yeah. Also, I, I'm, am I the only one with positive charm here? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was established last <laughs> night, too. You were the only <laughs> one with a positive charm score. Both Grant and Roxanne have negative one charm. <laughs> yeah. Turns out Harrison's not very charismatic. <laughs> Just trash fire goblins, the both of them. 
like it's not even a lie. We'll do our best to stay out of your way. It's like, yeah, okay, we're going to avoid the hell out of you as much <laughs> we can. All right. So, good session, everybody. Next time, we're moving on to uh, maybe the weirdest hunt I have planned for like for like the entire really? thing. Because last time was pretty weird. Cool. I mean, as always, I'm excited. There's like, yeah, there's like maybe two others that can compete, but this one is going to be, it's going to be an interesting one. Okay. Can I ask spooky weird or just weird weird? Just kind of weird weird. Yeah. Weird weird. Weird 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 or weird 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 weird. (laughs) Yeah, what he said. 